Fun fact, I'll actually be seeing Bill Kazmaier in person on Saturday. How? Wow. He is the commentator for the World's Strongest Man Tour, and they are coming to Glasgow on Saturday night. And, no uh, way! Myself, Lara, and her dad, we've got sort of like VIP silver tickets, so we're getting to do a meet and greet with like all the competitors, plus Bill and Colin Bryce. You can ask about the time he wrestled us. How do we know? I will. I want you to kind of like some point just gotta go stand aside, lads. I'll deal with this and just lift up something really heavy. Or keep trying to and failing until security drags you out. Yes. Angle or something there. Surely you can just hike over your shoulder. Absolutely. I see this is fake. (laughs) See this. Hang on. I'll just try pick it up again. Hang on. (laughs) It's definitely fake. (laughs) Your Bill Kazmaier has an inflatable globe. (laughs) Oh god. Getting dragged out. Listen to the conquistables. Listen to the conquistables. Just do a do, just do a don't stop oil only for the conquistadors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fine. Welcome to the conquistadors. Tonight on the conquistadors, the most terrifying wrestling podcast of them all. The conquistadors enter. The Chamber of Horrors, as they go to face Halloween Harvard 1991. <laughs> Think I'll be right back. Tonight is the computerized man of the 90s, Phil Doyle. The total package, Ewan Taylor. The Enforcer, Cameron Phillips, and Spooky Hot Sauce, Geordie Allen Milburn. Only tonight on The Conquistables. If you see a friend of the podcast, Lance Storm, there, it just, you know, because it's he who I was comparing donuts with. That's right, yes. I'm still sure yeah. that's slime for something. I really am sure. <laughs> no, it's not. It's bloody donuts. <laughs> hey, let's check out my donut. Yeah, oh, there's, the cold, there's the cold open. Dear <laughs> me. Check out Phil's donut. <laughs> Wait, how come like, a story about you comparing it with a wrestler and now swung back onto me? How does that work? You, you're the one that t- just degenerated into filth. <laughs> Degeneration Phil, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> Degeneration <laughs> It's just a picture oh, of Vincent no. Man on the front of it at the end, yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, with oh, the moustache. Yes, with his bizarre moustache. The full arrow for the Has he still got all... it? Yes, I think he does. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, we won't see him because he'll just, he's buggering off. He's not in creative anymore, so, you mm. know. Sadly, we won't have um, you know LA Knight doing maximum male models or anything like that, you know, anytime yeah. soon. So you know, he'll actually be doing something decent. Well, I mean, dropping to Roman Reigns is that really decent? Well, we'll see. Um, He's not going to win. Let's be fair. Well, well, probably not. But at least you know he's getting more than he was a year ago when he was like Maxi Dupree or whatever the fuck it was and <laughs> yes you know and at least is, that is true. what really drives me nuts about the whole LA Knight thing is you've got all those people just kind of going is just like ripping off Stone Cold and The Rock and they're going right Stone Cold hasn't wrestled in a full time capacity for like 20 years now 20 years 
And The Rock mm-hmm. probably doesn't wrestle in a full-time capacity for what? 20 years? years? It was 2014 um, Rumble when he part, part time. It was only part time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was only part time then. So I'm like, kind of going, so there's probably fans like, as I always say, there's probably fans now that have no fucking idea who Stone Cold and The Rock really were in mm-hmm. their heyday. So therefore, fine. <laughs> you know, it'd be a different thing altogether if The Rock and Stone Cold were still an active part of WWE's roster and he's doing all that, yeah, stuff and all this kind of jazz. If he came yeah. up called himself like Stone Cold Rock. Night or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, that would be like, yeah, okay, that's I, a bit of a rip. But. Are, we, are we trying to say that Rock Hard just Robinson's ripping off The Rock at this point then? <laughs> With his roll of quarters, that is slightly oh, suspect. <laughs> that was um, that was an interesting storyline this week. Just a bit. Oh, yeah. just, if, if we're going to talk about like um, current wrestling for a second, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. I don't like talking for the people, but I'm gonna do it in this point, and you can't stop me. But I just okay. want to give. The conquistable seal of approval officially to Christian Cage for his 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 work over the last couple of months. It has been, in a way, to, yeah. to quote um, one of my son's favorite episodes of Doctor Who. It has been spectacular. Like the was it the Mick Wayne promo when he kind of he walked off and at the end just went say hi to your mum and just went off. Yeah, <laughs> expert. It's basically, basically, it's been two months of your dad is dead. Yeah, dad's dead. Where's your mum? It's like, yep. <laughs> Like people like when he was doing that to Jungle Boy, they were like, "Oh God, that's a bit, that's a bit stiff." From old Christian coming in on that, but the fact that he turned that into his gimmick mm-hmm. to have yeah. a go at your dead dad or your dead relative and then crack onto your mum, it's like <laughs> it's an ultimate creepy bastard with a polo neck and wrestling in a polo neck as well. Just to kind of to cap off, you know, like how we have like some promos just become kind of like timeless, like they just become like known for something. Like there's the you know the hard times promo by Dusty Rhodes, or there's the yep. pit, bo- the the pipe bomb by CM Punk, and then there's yeah. like uh, Mark Henry's retirement promo, that kind of stuff. Mm. And now to rank alongside that, we've got Christian Cage's "Go Fuck Yourself" promo. Go fuck yourself! Oh, that was amazing. They are missing yeah. a trick with uh, Christian's t-shirts, though. Mm. Well, regarding the fact you know any wrestler with a dead dad, he's trying to move in with you know moving on their mum. <laughs> You'd think he would have a t-shirt now that just said The Widow Shaker Oh, <laughs> That's good, I like it That's good, Which would, I think, you know, well come on No, I love it, like as soon as they announced So it's going to be that Christian versus Daniel Bryan For the uh, for the TNT title Everyone's like, you know what he's going to say You know yep. exactly what he's going to say First yep. promo, Bryan yep. Danielson <laughs> Where's your dad? The fun you could have though yeah. I mean, You could bring what, bring um, Like uh, Kurt Henning's kid he was in NXT for a while. Bring him in. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was in the Macho Man uh, with uh, Damien Mizdow in a tag team match. They were the Mega Powers, weren't they? He might have been. I can't remember now. He was. What was his name in? Weapon? He was on Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel, that's the that one. That was it. Because he had the whole thing about Axel Mania, didn't he? Because he never got yeah. eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Never got eliminated. That's you know this right. to be true. Well, I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, he never uh, actually got eliminated. Doesn't and then matter. Damien Sandow started to out-impression him, so they they formed the Mega Powers. Oh, yeah, that's that right. I and then Hulk Hogan came out as a massive racist, and it ruined their gimmick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but it was it was okay I mean, to use those words, Phil, because it, everyone in the business when he was coming into it used those words. It was yes, a glorious however, seven weeks until Hulk Hogan ruined it, like he does most things. Yeah, and now he's married again for the fourth time. Well, she'll be obviously after his. Retirement pot. Okay, we're all waiting. I was 
I was, I, was, I was wondering where I was that was going to go. I was yeah, trying exactly. to come up with like you know the, the, you know he's going to die and he's going to be you know gold digging that kind of yeah yeah yeah. That was, mm. I was keeping the light. I was like ready to, ready to write a note down for the edit. Then I was I was getting really close. Well, yeah. like, oh, uh, Timestamp uh, that. Mm-hmm. Timestamp that. Get that deleted. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and obviously the Grizzled Run veterans are now free of WWE and cut quite an amazing video promo on like, Sunday. I think that dropped. I have heard about this, but I have not yet seen it. It is amazing. They've they've made their first um, appearance. They were in a Deadlock Pro against the Work Horsemen, and apparently it was great. Yeah, well, it is good, yeah, because James Drake and Zach Gibson are fucking incredible. cracking. <laughs> so, you know. And also, <laughs> having met them and bought a t-shirt off them, really fucking nice guys. Is that story again? Yep. Yep. <laughs> just, I'll just put, put it in there. Whenever I get a chance, I'll just put it in there. They're really nice guys. Yeah. Amazing. I was looking to see who's actually announced for Impact in Glasgow. I know Grado is because, well, it's Glasgow. Glasgow, isn't it? Aren't they like, if he's in Scotland, they're kind of legally obliged to have him on the card. <laughs> it does feel that way sometimes. I think it's like uh, they have to have Grado, otherwise no one gets a visa. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the deal, isn't it? I think so. I mean, fair enough. There's some really big Grado fan at like, the visa, visa, visa central office going, no, it's Grado on oh. the card. Right, you're in. Stamp. Yep. yep. It's like going, yeah, we need Phoenix. to. Uh, Ray Phoenix, he can't go anywhere, can he? Well, no. <laughs> Apparently not. Well, he can go home. I was <laughs> acknowledging the fact that this is going to be recorded in two halves over two nights. No, well, not until the it's very the end. First, it's the first two night conquistable. <laughs> wow, we, we're on par of WrestleMania now. Only we'll yes. probably be better. <laughs> yes, we'll get to Al's um, pre recorded uh, cinematic match later on. In the- <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the Geordie yeah. the Geordie Firefly Funhouse match. The Geordie Jesus the Christ. House, the Geordie Funhouse match. Is that not just like the inside of Newcastle Stadium on an average Saturday? Probably, yeah, it'll be great, yeah. <laughs> just just ignore the blood money, it's fine. Oh um, there we go. I was I was waiting for a comment about that. <laughs> an accurate oh. comment, let's be fair to us, but fair to it. Mm-hmm. Because this this was my pick, wasn't it, this week? This, this is your fault. And because oh, <clears throat> and because it's the spookiest... I can't do the whole podcast in that voice. Stop it. Sorry. The spookiest time of the year. That's it, I'll, I'll stop now. Uh, I picked Halloween Havoc Why? Um, because it's Halloween, and I thought let's just pick one of them. So pick you this one? you picked this one, which contains probably one of the most ridiculous matches ever conceived. Uh huh. Although okay. weirdly, it's not the most ridiculous thing on the show, which I'll, I'll no. raise at some point. No. There's something on the show which no, is even right. more ridiculous than the uh, Chamber of Horrors but, uh, match. But I, I have many, uh, many uh, comments about the uh, Chamber of Horrors match, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. So we're going back. Um, I'm going to do math in my head now. Almost exactly 32 years to October 27th, 1991, 
Yep. In the UTC mm-hmm. Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in front of... Uh, banjos at the ready. <laughs> in front of uh, an obscene attendance of 8,900 for the... Harry there's no Havoc. way there's 8,900 people in this building. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Oh. Uh, if it was today, there'd be loads of people online having schmarmy comments about how the upper decks are empty and all that kind of... Oh, those people can just go outside and touch grass. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to point out the tagline for the show was uh, an evening of terrifying destruction. Well, they got one bit of that right. Definitely terrifying. Absolutely. Um, so this is yeah October night one. So we're about oh, six months down the line or so from the other last WCW we did. Which one was yep. it? Uh, I've got it in my notes. It's in my old notes. It was Starcade. No, uh, Battle Brawl. Not Battle Brawl. Battle Brawl. Yeah. Fist and Punch. Fist Punch. Fist Punch. Yes. One. <laughs> oh, so this is the third Halloween Havoc, but this is actually the first show to be held after WCW split from the NWA at yes. the start of 1991. That is true. Super Brawl 1, that's the one we did. There we go. Super Brawl 1. So that was like, so we're, yeah, that was May. We're in October, so about five months down the line. So obviously, the main thing I would say, the difference between then and now, is that one Ric Flair is no longer with mm. the company. Oh, he's he's somewhere else at the moment. Yes, he's. I don't know if he's debuted yet, obviously. Um, my knowledge of that Ric Flair that time isn't as uh, encyclopedic as some people who weren't on the show. Um, mm. Would he have debuted? Because I feel like it was like right towards the end of the year. Was it like kind of Survivor Series time? So, Phil, I don't know if you noticed this on the same page I has. I, I went to Wikipedia and I wanted to get an idea of what this event was like. Mm-hmm. So, I got the I following description from Wikipedia. The event featured wrestlers from pre-existing scripted feuds and storylines, wrestlers portrayed villains, heroes, or less distinguishable characters in the scripted events that built tension and culminated in a wrestling match or series of matches. Now, did Vince McMahon write that sentence or not? <laughs> that, definitely, that definitely seems like the kind of least emotional way to describe a wrestling match. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, we'll just suck all the joy out of that completely. And that, but let's be too fair, it's not wrong. No. There were definitely were wrestling matches on this card. You can't argue with that at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just double check. Flair debuted in September twenty first, so about a month before this was when he kind of first popped up on uh, on WWF television. All right, okay. So it's not yeah. too, but not too far off then. It's not too far away. So obviously, you know, it's a bit of a. I would say, even though Flair wasn't necessarily in the most like highest position with the company at the time, obviously, there's, I think there's one known issues with him and is it Jim Hurd? Was that the uh, Jim Hard, yes. Like, um, they didn't see him as like still being a big star. Like, for that company, he's still a big star. So him kind of yeah. walking out and going to another company, obviously, I'm taking that belt with him when he goes. Is obviously like you know a bit of a big deal. So I would say this is a bit of a bit of a rebuilding period for WCW to try and kind of get past yeah. that to kind of rebuild old stars to build new stars. And, and as we'll discover throughout the show, um, there are varying levels of success. Very levels of success. <laughs> one thing so, i would say is successful is the intro uh, video to the oh, uh debut. i love i love this i love this so it's an animated haunted house and you've got wrestlers rising from the grave which considering in 2023 a good 75 percent of the people yeah, shown are likely like, dead it's like yeah gone gone soon gone yeah, soon. <laughs> no, no. but it's just like you get like black and white floating heads of the wrestlers just kind of like yeah spookily appearing every now and then and what it reminded me of was um Remember the Christmas special of Father Ted? Yes. When Father, uh, Ted's walking down the beach and he starts thinking about all the mean things people said to him, the heads are kind of floating <laughs> yeah. around him. It was like that, because it was Rick Steiner just kind of popped up with a confused look on his face. Yep, and, and then you had like, Eld- <laughs> like, you're Dougal. Why are you being Eld- Dougal? 
you know, Gigante's goofy smile because clearly he didn't know what to do. I gotta say, he looked really young in that picture. I don't know where they got it from. <laughs> I don't know. He just looked like he was a, like child El Gigante, which I guess would be medium El Gigante. As as we'll get to, he certainly didn't move like somebody who was young and spry. He did not. He did not at all. So that's like it, it, it's for, you know it's a strong opening. You can't argue with that. Oh yeah, totally. It's it's a strong opening. Arena, bit of promo, and we got yeah. our. Oh, sign of a decent WCW pay-per-view in that there's only one ring. Only one, one ring and tick. shit pyro. Shit pyro. Tick, tick. You know, we, that, yeah. That's in the plus column for that. And we get introduced yep. to our booth for the night, which is one J.R. Uh, Jim Ross without a cowboy hat. Yep. And Tony Schiavone. Which... Yes, who has gone through puberty by this point. <laughs> has he though? Well, compared to what we saw him before. I mean, that is true. Now, what you know, I'm thinking we, here is this was it again? Was this him just returning to the company because obviously he I had a little fee over at um, WF, didn't he? That still blows my mind that I didn't realize he was there, but it's because it was literally for like six months or something like that. I think it was 1990 he came back, so he'd been back a while actually. All right, okay, April 89 to April 90. I think he got a year then, yeah. Although, I think what, what I read, I think he's kind of like looked back and kind of realized like he probably should have stayed. Because I think he enjoyed the not necessarily enjoyed it, but like he, the um, the machine there was obviously better than it was at WCW, and I think it was his well, family couldn't settle up north. That was, I think, the issue. Um, yes, like, that was that was the big thing because obviously WCW are very much southern, which will get to <laughs> varying points throughout the show. There's a brief bit of chat about a WCW Halloween Phantom, which put me right on edge because I was like, oh no, it's going to be like <laughs> a fake thing, isn't it? Or the fake was it the Black Scorpion, whatever it's called, the Black Scorpion. Here we go. Or it's or it's going to be. Booker T in Whiteface or something like yeah, that. Be something, something terrible. Something terrible. But then, um, frankly, we bypassed that. And we're off to the car park with uh, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I love this segment. It's basically just Eric Bischoff gets owned by a variety, Ridiculous. a cavalcade of people. And like, so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's waiting outside to kind of like, at basically, I think the valet stand waiting for the rest of to turn up in their cars. And he nearly gets taken out yeah. by Cactus Jack, first of all. Who like well, that's it, and, and reaches up behind him, <laughs> and then Abdullah clearly on on the wellness medicine just gets out the car and looks blank. The butcher just kind of gets it. out, and he's got something in his hand, like it's like a, I, I, like a staff. I thought it was a fork, but it didn't look like a fork. That it looked hair like a it? staff. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I've just written down like Wizard Abdullah makes his appearance. <laughs> I just put a big question mark. What has Ab- what has Abdullah the butcher got? Because it makes like I don't know what it is. It's just a thing. Yeah, I'm like, so clearly someone's going to get stabbed with it at some point during the show. But oh, well, of, of course they leave, and the the diamond mobile comes in with DDP and the diamond <laughs> stud. The DDP tied up in a nice car for him, like there, isn't he? <laughs> Making sure he's living oh, the yeah. gimmick there. That one, you know, he gets out, just calls Eric Bischoff a jabroni, basically, yeah. and the diamond stud just gets out he and Scott Hall old. doesn't even acknowledge him. And and then Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes appear in a, a reasonable, you know, a reasonable nice car, nothing like extravagant. Those bastards aren't Addison, Larry Zabisco are having none of it and proceed to attack yeah. the duo. They just kind of run up uh, as like, I think, is it like Bischoff's just trying to interview Windham as he gets out of the car and they just appear yep. out of nowhere and just yep. slam and his arm slam. in the door of the car. Slam his arm in the door and then just run off like the bastards that they it are. Looked really good. You know, for, <laughs> it did, yeah. Slamming someone's arm in the door, it's like oh it's like, okay, we're we're starting strong with like someone I mean their arm literally broken in an assault. Like that's that like that's a crime. That is like an actual crime what they've done there. <laughs> just to point that out. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to having uh questionable things live on pay per view <laughs> read murder, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> get, to, get to that very shortly because surprisingly 
I thought you would build to this, but then thinking about it, it makes sense where they've got it. We start off with the Chambers of Horrors match. Fans, our first event will be the the first contest of Halloween Havoc from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is the Chamber of Horrors. This special attraction will involve two teams, each team consisting of four team members. The match will be confined to the Chamber of Horrors, which is equipped with several instruments of torture. The object of the match is to put a member of the opposing team in the Chamber of Horrors Chair of Torture and then to pull the fatal lever which will render one of the teammates helpless. And now... Yes, which is the team of Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader against the team of Sting, El Gigante and the Steiner Brothers. No promo for this. No build up of what's actually going on. We just oh no just no no. You don't, you this, don't need that film. Part of them straight into I mean, this massive cage. I mean, Gary Michael Capetta, our ring announcer, makes it very clear that the ring is full of quote instruments of torture yes. and quote the winner will put one of their opponents in the chamber of horrors chair of torture. Yep. which is wordy, and then pull <laughs> then pull the fatal level level a lever that will leave their opponent helpless. Yeah, well, I love notes. that. The way it builds up is like the chamber yeah. of horrors with the instruments of torture and the chair, and the chair of, of torture. Tor- and when you pull the fatal lever, they will be helpless. Yes, it's. Um, it's I like, just wrote down life, life, murder, and pay per view, folks. Welcome yeah. to WCW. It's like they couldn't. They obviously they got they got to that part of writing out the promo for him. It's like okay, they do this, and it will kill them. Wait a second. No, nope. we can't, we can't actually leave kill them. somebody live on air, can we? No, nope. can we, we? Leave them helpless. Can we kill them? No. I mean, Abdullah probably tried during this match. <laughs> I think he did a few <laughs> but times. But that's just because it's Abdullah. Yeah, because the intro is weird, because it's like, they introduce one guy, then the other guy, don't they? So it's like, I think El Gigante comes out first, and then Vader comes out. Oh, no, 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 no. Feel, 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 feel. no it's not just Vader. It's Vader and his steam-blowing helmet. It's full-on Vader with masks. Straight out of New Japan. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. Like, you see, I was like, oh, oh, God, it's El Gigante. Here we go. It's with his flipping mask. This is amazing. Oh, God, it's like uh, somebody else. Oh, God, Cactus yeah. Jack with a chainsaw. Do you think that was a gimmick chainsaw? Because I don't think it was. It, the way it was busting out kind of smoke and stuff when it came out, I think that was, I'm pretty sure that was an actual chainsaw. Which I think is why yeah, I not too long after, like Rick Steiner gets hold of it and you see the refs are going, no, Rick, put that down, put it down, no. put it down. <laughs> not, not today, Rick. Put it down. <laughs> put it down. Put it down. Put it down. It's not worth it. But then, like, did you see, like, they cut to, like, a wide shot and, like, the cage, it's not the kind of typical WWE so cage. Right. It's not That's a cell. going to get to that. It's not like a chicken no, wire it- thing. But it's like, almost like a battle dome. Yeah, it's like kind of like kind of thingied over the top, isn't it? So you can't kind of climb out. Mm. But then when so, Vader hits it at the beginning, the thing oh ripples. Oh god, it's gonna fall apart. It like ripples. Yes. I've never <laughs> seen a cage do that. It's like it's it's like it's a think, hanging sheet sort of thing. It's really weird. Well, it was, to me, it looked like sheet metal that had been cut into shape, and clearly with the intention of nobody climbing it or nobody bumping into it, because it, it, this is an escape the cage match. This is a uh, Capacitate your opponent match. Uh, and then Render them helpless. Don't forget Render them helpless. <laughs> Sorry, helpless, yes. But don't forget that the the chair of torture is not in the ring at the start. It will be lowered <laughs> at an undetermined period like, of time. Well. I know this. Like, yeah, because like, there's... What's ringside? There's a couple of coffins ringside. Yes. Within the kind of floor area of the rings. They have to, they have to take out the kind of end of the ramp, don't they? Because it's that typical WCW rampway that goes up to the level of the ring. So there's like a section of that missing. The cage around the outside, there's some coffins in there. 
and then there's like the door around the side. Even though like I'm pretty sure you could just kind of lift it up like a shower curtain and climb in that way. Because <laughs> it's so it looks so look so weak. And that's like I was, yeah, as soon as yeah. I was like, I really hope no one climbs up that. And literally in like two seconds, is it like Mick Foley's like halfway up it or something? It's like, oh god, what are you doing, man? Yeah, it's, what are you it, doing? Mick Foley doing Mick Foley things. It's um really Yeah, the ring is just the ring is just covered in shit. That was one of my comments. Mm-hmm. Um so just so much shit in the ring, even from nineteen ninety one, this is dumb. This is dumb. I did appreciate Rick Steiner's trunk so when he came out and it's got like guts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And a black cat on him. It's like, oh Rick, you really put some effort into this. He he tried, which is more than I can say for a lot of people in this match. <laughs> And then, like, you think, how is this going to be any more ridiculous? And then you realise, wait a second, why is the referee wearing a, lucky, uh, a nice hockey helmet? Well, Phil, that, that's because and WCW then... were the kings of innovation, and they came up with the referee cap. <laughs> the referee cap. I, cr- I groaned when I heard that. I'm like, well, really? Like, oh, I think they start usually, it's like, it's like I, 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 well, you know, it's obviously not a GoPro. Whatever the GoPro equivalent at the time was, mounted no. to this poor referee. And it's like, I think the first time they cut to it, it like flickers out and starts getting really cracky. Like, oh no, here we go. Typical thing. Yes. But to kind of go back to the original point, there is no cha- chair in the kind of area of the ring, is there? That, that, that's like empty. So no. It's like, no. Just like an area of lads to kind of have a big fight, which is what happens when they kick off. And then... Um, what? And then eventually the, the, the chair does get lowered, but that's that's not before Abdul... Sorry, I think it was one of the Steiners realises that somebody just appears out of one of the caskets yeah, and gets like, absolutely pasted. A fella comes out of a coffin with a mask on. And they kind of go, Coffee yep. kind of goes, oh, there's a guy in a mask. He came out of a coffin. Oh, and then that's no, it. no, 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 no. Tony Schiavone comes out with the following comment. You never know what to expect in the Chamber of Horrors. <laughs> this is the first time this match has ever happened, Tony. <laughs> you wouldn't expect it, would you? But then, no. like, for like a masked man who nobody recognises and is never referred to, who I think spends most of the time sitting on the outside of the ring because he gets like slammed through one of the coffins. Yes, like, he gets annihilated. It's like... Okay, this is this is just weird. This is a thing. And then, like, he cuts to I think it's El Gigante. He's just hitting the diamond with his chest. Like that's his attack yeah. in the corner, just hitting him with his chest <laughs> over and over again. And then, yeah, the so like the chair is like an like an ele- like you kind of atypical electric chair from a prison film. The film Shocker. Let's well say. within another yeah, cage. It was... Like a shark well, yes, cage. within a cage because WCW. Yeah, and that gets lowered down on like through the top of the ring because there's, the, the, there's no there's no top to the ring into the kind yep. of middle of the ring. Nearly squishes Mick Foley, but he rolls out the way. Yes, Mick, Mick Foley nearly dies, who eventually does move at the final moment. And this is this is just after um, Tony. So Jim Ross drops a comment regarding Vader and Tetsuya Fujinami, who'd won the Super Grade Tag League in New Japan, defeating Ricky Choshu and Masa Saito a few months before. Yeah. Why Jim Ross felt the need to mention this, I'm not quite well, sure. But is, thanks for trying. All I'll say is let's just be thankful it's not an American football comment because that's all like stacked up later in the card, isn't it? Equally blew that or, or earlier on in the month. <laughs> no, he's got he's got plenty left in his tank when it comes to football comments. So you worry about that? Um, yes, we do. Like, let's come down. Like I thought. Like yeah, I think Mick's like he's not in that much danger because I reminded me of, like um was it Seth Rollins was like under the they were bringing one of the cells down. Yes, and, like last second he realised he was about to get speared into the side of the ring and just moved out of the way. Yeah. But then what they've done? A bit problematic. What they've done is like they've taken this like this is a kind of chaotic match anyway with lots of stuff and crap all around the ring, and they've yep. just put like a massive thing in the middle of the ring so the wrestlers can look like they can't use the ropes anymore because there's like a big thing in the middle of the ring. Oh no, they're gone. There's like space for about 
maybe two people still side to side on the outside of this um, thing around the outside. Like, there's not that if, a huge amount because yeah. the the WCW ring's a smaller ring anyway, isn't it? It's not like it's the big, like the 20 foot ring that WWF ones are. Yes, the WCW used an 18 yeah. ring, I think, which was a big reason why a lot of people that jumped from one to the other really sort of struggled at first because they were trying to adjust themselves to it. Didn't like it's like it's like an extra yeah. footstep when you're trying to do all your moves, which is the you gotta mm-hmm. used to. But they're just kind of like taking that amount of space you've got in this ring and just like taking out like two thirds <laughs> of it because there's now like this big yeah. cage in the ring that you can't really do anything any kind of things on because it's a big seat in a big cage. No, I mean, the match comes down to people getting put in the chair, then reversing it. But then eventually, after what feels like an eternity, uh, Rick Steiner gets Abdullah the Butcher on the chair, and Mick Foley's already climbing the cell to go to the lever of doom, and he thinks it's the Steiner in the chair. He throws the switch, but it's actually Abdullah. Abdullah is murdered live <laughs> on television. Now Rick does like a belly to belly, doesn't he? Just kind of flips around in the chair. <laughs> and Mick's like, I'm still trying to pull this switch. I would not recommend doing that to Abdullah the Butcher. You're probably gonna blow every single one of your ribs yeah. out. I'd like to point out but, like Previous to this match, mm-hmm. like I, they, they, the, the, the switch keeps flicking between on and off. <laughs> they, like they show it, and yes. it's like it showed it like it's on. And then at one point, you see a referee climbing upside of the, like the outside of the cage to put it back off again. Yeah. So they can turn it on at the ending, and it's like this, yes, because this is a big cluster. This is like my sort of closing comment was, uh, "What a fucking disaster of a spectacle this it's, was." It's, just, it's such a bizarre thing. Although, like I think my, one of my highlights was. Like, I think Sting's having a bit of a thing outside with Cactus because I think they were feuding around this time. And he gets the coffin lid and just kind of like throws it up into the air onto Cactus's head. And it just makes like a bonk noise when it hits him. Bonk just lays him out. Um, we haven't mentioned the ghouls outside either, though, have we? <laughs> Oh god, yeah. So the, the, these ghouls just appear on the ramp at one point, and there seems to be about 174 of them. Yeah, there's and quite a lot of them. Like, kind of white, orderly, medical orderly gear with like white faces, which yeah. makes them go with it. I think they're carrying a stretcher. Think, um, there's, uh, yes, but there's like there's so many of them. It's like they're clearly waiting for someone big to go in that chair. They're clearly they know what's going on here. They know it's going to be a big fella, which is as you say, Abdullah the Butcher gets. Yep. Well, we think he gets murdered. He just gets rendered helpless. Oh, of course, because I mean, the little the head bit of the chair is not even touching Abdullah's head when he's ele- when he's supposedly made helpless. Like electric electrics can jump, it, like arc onto his head. Because that's you can't argue. With, you can't, I mean, you can't argue with the pro, the, pro, do, the do pyro you, that goes off and the lights flicker. And do you? Come add, on. But no, <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. I now see where TNA got the idea for their electrified steel cage match that one infamous time well, with um, LAX and the Dudleys. You'll of course know that the I think, impact ran their slaughterhouse pay per view yesterday as we record. That was MLW. But MLW, try again. sorry. And they ran the Chamber <laughs> Horrors match. They did, and they had. They also had someone tie in an electric chair in the ring. <laughs> yes. But I did. Those I can't as, remember who it was, but I, I know Matt's Warner's team won. But what I wanted to know was like how they solved the chair problem, and they had it in the corner well, of the ring without a cage. Yeah, on I it, think it was in fight us. So I'll do some research and let you know. It was like yeah, they seem to kind of make it a bit. So then have it off to one side, so you can still use like the rest of the ring. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know, so they don't just like like you say handicap. Everyone in the ring by putting this giant. So you have to kind of like device. wander around this ring in the middle. And it's like beyond, it's oh. beyond stupid, but yeah, um, you know, Abdullah with being made helpless and all, he's helpless for all of about thirty seconds. He then comes to, 
realizes what the fuck happened here and proceeds to just assault everyone that's in his way. I would point out that everybody else has just left. Like, Vimus Dead's gone. Vader. Oh, yeah, gone. everyone's done. Just, like, yeah. They're out of here. They know, they know this is bullshit. Cactus is the only one who's showing any kind of concern for his, for his you know, tag team partner who's, like, died in the room. Well, this was placed first so as not uh, they wouldn't lose any pay-per-view time, apparently. Yeah. Also, I had a moment doing this of going, oh, my God, there's a lot of talent that's been wasted in this absolutely dire match. I went, Sting is a WWE Hall of Famer. And then I had a moment of going, wait a minute. The Steiners are WWE Hall of Famers. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher is a WWE Hall of Famer. And yeah, Cactus Jack and Diamond Stud, Scott Hall and Vader. The only person in this match that isn't a WWE Hall of Famer is El Gigante. Well, Maritime. I think there's reasons for that. Let's Maritime. be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, bless him, doesn't even get a from when his intro. Have you noticed that? When Gary Capetta goes, <laughs> it goes, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, El Gigante, Argentina. And you're like, doesn't even get yeah, from Argentina. Argentina. Just, no one cares. Uh, it seems no one cares. He's, he's just he's just representing Argentina, just not very well. Representing uh, the concept of Argentina, yeah. not so much the country. Originally, one man gang and Oz were supposed to be in this as well. This was supposed to be a ten man. Shit! I would pay good money to just, watch Oz in this match. Yeah, there's barely enough room for eight of them. They were supposed to be ten. So with that random guy who kind of appears out of a coffin, that would have been like an eleven person match then. In typical WCW fashion, there's also a very lingering camera shot, as I'm sure you've covered in my absence just now, of the lever of the um, electric chair being firmly switched to the on position right at the start of the match. This camera (laughs) shot goes on for literally 10 seconds, and Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are desperately, desperately trying to justify it. And yes, uh, Abdul the Butcher dies and then is resurrected again. But did and... anybody notice, like, when Abby comes out, he's, uh, he goes, I think uh, you and Teddy goes mental attacking folks. But one person yeah. he attacks is the guy who's just trying to get the ramp back into position. That is a heavy <laughs> shot and all. Hits him right in the oh, face. He's not the I was genuinely like, fucking hell, he failed. I can understand him attacking, like, the, the, ghouls. the, uh, the ghouls that way. <laughs> because they're, they've obviously yeah. been Sorry, on the, I can't believe I just said that out loud. The attendees. <laughs> like, um, I, can, I can understand him attacking the ghouls. That makes complete sense. But the poor, but guy, he... the poor ring guy... Yeah, he properly welts that guy in the forehead with his boot. Like it, it is yeah. nasty. Yeah. God bless the guy. He like doesn't he like no sells it and is still like trying to get the rip the ramp back in for yeah. the next match. It's just like what the hell was that all about? So rude. I I think he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and he just got waffled unfortunately. But he still, I mean, fair play to him. The guy still carried on with his job he and dropped the bit of the ramp into place. But again, that's because yeah, yeah, cost. I think like that kind of quick tidy up. I think again speaks to why it was first because it's like if you have this match last, it just ruins the whole kind of flow of the card. If you're not going to have like obviously this doesn't seem to be it's... like a like a, a war game scenario when it's like an, a, a, a finale to a, like a feud. Mm. It's just like let's just chuck a load of guys into a thing called the Chamber of Horrors because it's Halloween or something. I don't know. Put, putting this match last would have been the equivalent of ending a pay-per-view with a Punjabi prison match. Listen, don't put my boy Randy has suffered over the years. Don't don't keep knocking him. All right, he got through that as best he did. He? No, no one could. No one could. Okay, no that one thing. could do that. No, 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 not really. So yeah, so like we're already yeah. we're, like Halloween's done basically, isn't it? We're kind of done with Halloween now. Well, no, 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 no. Halloween's not done yet because we then cut to Dracula and a Vegas four. <laughs> that well-known Halloween outfit. Oh no! Oh dear! <laughs> we cut to Eric Bischoff doing a very terrible Dracula impersonation, and Missy Hyatt just being there. Is it they're they're, off, they're they're trying to find out who the Halloween Phantom is? Because I think that yes, thread but... kind of goes through a little bit, not very much, but there's like, oh, who's the yeah. Halloween Phantom? I'm like, and thing came up. I was like, oh no, it's going to be another Black Scorpion. 
I, I thought that as well. I think they seem to be fucking obsessed with people, you know, disguising themselves in WCW at this era. But I will say, when we get to the Halloween Phantom, either in this record or tomorrow night, it, it, it's kind of good for what it becomes. It almost pays off. It almost does. That, it's, is that grading on a curve, or do you actually believe it was somewhat no, good? I, I am looking at the, who the Halloween Phantom is in this show in relation to what that group became. Okay, okay. You know, it's the start of the... Yeah. We'll come to it. We'll come to it. And then um, uh, the smoking guns turn up. Young pistols. Young pistols turn up in like absolute dicks. It's it's a waffling promo that I didn't actually kind of take in any of them. I just thought they were kind of going, you know, then we do that in the ring and then we do this. You don't come here, run your mouth out. And then that's about it. And then they walk off. Yeah, it's Joe. Do you know what I tell you? But either of them just kind of goes, oh, Jesus, they were a bit rude, weren't they? Poof. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Bikes, I don't know if this was meant to be like them like turning heel or them just being very, very cocky. But to me, this came over like a very much heel promo, which I don't think was the intention. You can't wear that much glitter and be heels. You know what I mean? You've got to think about it. We, we, we cut from backstage back to our next match, which is Big Josh and PN News against the Creatures. <laughs> Creature one and creature two. Why do they keep doing this? Why I can surmise my this? entire this entire match in my notes. I haven't actually written who the hell wins this because I didn't really <laughs> care. I was like, um, okay, PN News is terrible at rapping, but does throw seemingly quite a good drop kick. He does. This means nothing. The acclaimed to do it far better. Well, first of all, the, the the creatures do have amazing music, amazingly terrible music. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. Creature one uh, was a wrestler called Joey Manx. Oh yeah, no clue. Creature two has no Wikipedia page, so who knows? Joey Sags. <laughs> Joey Sags and Joey Manx together at last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In perfect harmony. Yeah, but see, this is like sure. the, the, I, like whenever I see Big Josh, right? We've seen yeah. him a few times now, haven't we? Uh, like I always uh-huh. like I kind of like in my head have that kind of Matt Bourne, sorry, the evil doink and Bret Hart match, which was cracking. And like you see like a little bit of like his kind of skill in this match, well, you know, how good like Josh probably is, but it's like it's all just kind of buried under this not very good gimmick. And no, then like um coupled with animal abuse. Animal animal abuse and then like with kind of rubbish matches and like he does do I think it's one point he does what looks to be like a pretty sweet powerbomb but they cut to the crowd just as he's about to do it which is like oh thanks guys. <laughs> it's not yes. it's, it, that will not be the worst camera cut that this no. show will ever have. Because <laughs> right. did, did I mean I, you know we'll, we'll we'll kind of set it up now. Did we mention the referee during the Chamber We did mention match? the referee, yes. We did mention referee well, and I, I will have a good old thing about the referee later on. I think I might that you mean oh yeah. boy but like uh, and then they keep talking about Big Josh's Northern Exposure which again put me on edge and then I realised <laughs> it's like it's his finisher which I think previously they called the butt bomb was it the butt drop or whatever they called it remember Dusty Rhodes was like I think yeah. I called that the butt drop it's like no the, we don't call it that that, that'd be terrible yeah. and I quite think like yeah. um, okay. after PNU does his big splash and then he's pinning the guy like Josh jumps on his back just to help out with the pin I, I don't, I don't I know. The, that. That the most cool. entertaining part of this match for me was Gary Michael Capetta dressed as a, a circus ringmaster. It was only yeah. like at the start of the next match I realised what he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I spotted yeah. it straight away. 
It's like he kind of the next match. He goes, oh, where is it? Bobby Eaton versus Terrence Taylor. He does the announcement for yes. that, and he kind of walks past the camera. I was like, what the fuck is Gary Carpenter wearing? Like it caught me completely yeah. off guard. It is something to behold. That's to be it's sure. Like a kind of circus leader jacket with like epaulets and all shorts yeah. going on. It's like yeah. Oh, that's, that's... I would also like to point out that, that Gary Merritt is very much like the dar he dragged to the Halloween party he'll go in outfit but he won't go, go do anything about the character he just does his own <laughs> thing Halloween at all, will he? No. no 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 he's just there because his kids are there and doesn't want them to be alone so anyone else spot that Druid intro I think it was um, was it Bob? No, I think Terrence Taylor was the number 7 ranked athlete in the world I assume the world being WCW. Well, yeah, it was number seven in the rankings, which then made me think, oh my God, is this where Tony Khan got the idea for his <laughs> rankings? Who knows? No, he, would, he wouldn't have even been born here, would he? I don't think. Would he have been born? Uh, yeah, Mid-South Tony, you know. Uh, That's true. Tony, well, Tony Khan's... 1982 he was born. I was going to uh, say, he's okay. not He's not that far off of, the sort of our sort of age. Quite. Yes, this match is good if random. They do. I think JR says like this might be the best work. This might be the best match on the or best technical match on the card. I think is what he says in the lead up to it. Which ah, uh, I mean that that that's a ridiculous statement. I mean <laughs> we've got a match coming up in two matches that's probably the greatest exhibit of strength ever seen. No, I said exhibit of strength and not wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you got you got like Bobby Eaton and Terence Taylor. They're they're two cracking workers. This I mm-hmm. thought was decent. I mean, I, I know when we do WCW pay per views from this era, there's always like this air of absolute bonkers, ridiculous going on, you know, with match yeah. types and things. Like that. In this case, obviously, like in Chamber of Horrors and Halloween stuff. Mm. But there's a lot of moments in these WCW pay per views that have matches which are really bloody good, proper old school. Hard fought contests that you know, Mm. um, not wishing to sound like Jim Cornette, but you know, (laughs) believable. Uh Uh, None of this wrestling, nine year old girls and ruining the business. All this kind of shit. Uh, It's 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 two men who get in the ring with the sole intention of kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really bloody good. And it goes like um, sixteen minutes. It's like a good long match. It's a it's a good chunk. It's a good chunky match. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of definitely. So I was I would have guessed around about the twenty minute mark, but yeah, I probably yeah, it's, just yeah, like, it's, just, it's just a good honest match. It's just a good kind of like you know, yeah, it's cracking. He like heat, um, baby face comes back. It's just like you know, yeah. I like Alexandra York with the computer, which I think is a gimmick. That, <laughs> I think it's, it's it's a gimmick that I think would work now with like AI. Totally, yeah. I th- oh my god, Chat GPT books. Oh, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to put that no, out there. Just like have a wrestler that just consults their mobile phone all the time. Yeah, what should I mean, wasn't wasn't that wasn't that Tyler Breeze's gimmick for a while? I no, mean, that's that he was taking video. That was to take photos because he was a he was model selfies. and he was, you know, he, you know pretty, gorgeous and all this kind of stuff, you know. Mm. And was you know led us to that funny moment where Jushin Liger did the same thing at that NXT show. That's, that's, that was um, fucking amazing. Was great. I forgot about that. that I watched brilliant. that match the other day and I just like Jushin Thunder Liger was in NXT for one match. What a weird. Yeah, no, it's just like he only had one WWE match his entire career. Eaton gets a punch off the top, and then there's an Alabama jam, and Eaton wins with a three count. There we go. It's yeah, really yeah. fucking good. In the meantime, it's really. I've got the notes yes. in here going. Uh, well, uh, uh, below the note that says Eaton is jet streaming snot, it just says this is good. Oh my. This is good, and I meant the match, not jet streaming snot. Yeah, no one wants that. Yes, no, nobody wants that. Yeah, <laughs> there is a bit where there's this there's... line of just phlegm, just uh, yeah, out don't need to see that. that. No. That's one of the things that makes it's me into nasty. these turkeys and into a bogeys. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it just makes much. me just like kicks it's in the gag reflex straight away. Yeah. 
pretty much, pretty much. Speaking of the gag reflex, do we jump Garber versus Johnny Be Bad? Oh, come on. Don't say anything bad about Johnny Be Bad. He yeah. is the man. And he's now got the bad blaster, because last time we saw him, it, it, it was a debut, well, wasn't it, at the last PV? It was his debut was. with uh, Mr. Mr. Terrence Long. Yeah, he's still there. And yeah, we yeah, get well. the crowd get bad blasted. And so does oh the my. ring for basically the rest of the night, because they just can't get rid of that stuff. <laughs> that's nope. confetti everywhere. <laughs> Once you got glitter on that ring, Matt, it sticks to the snot from Bob Eaton, and then that's it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Disgusting. You know, I mean, it's just, you know... What does it set by to snot rockets? <laughs> I mean, th- this match was clearly just a match to get Johnny B. Bad over, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, because like, the Freebirds are over with the crowd, and obviously Johnny B. Bad's yep. got the Bad Blaster, but also nobody cares. It's, it's really kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, comparing this to where he was in like the late 90s, where like he was the hottest thing going, mm. like he would come out of the crowd to go ballistic. Weird, isn't it? I was like, that's how, how, how he kind of built to that, from most, essentially just kind of coming out with a big cape and just Floating over the crowd, I being think. very questionable, he is kind of he, he, brave to do that kind of gimmick in a southern-based oh. wrestling organization in Chattanooga the as well. Oh, yes, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how the people of Chattanooga would take in this gimmick. <laughs> no, but it's. I mean, it's, it's even it, more surprising it, considering uh, Johnny nearly kills himself at one point during this match. <laughs> yes. He nearly actually dies. <laughs> When he attempts the kind of the 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 not very often seen sunset flip from the top rope, uh, I've got yeah yeah, yeah just, bad top rope sunset flip looks dodgy, and it's just like not recommended. Last second, he tucks his chin and just about saves his life. Yeah, it's, just about. Yeah, it's like why would you why would you dive off the top rope to do a sunset flip? What I don't understand, like why? Because you want to get over. But there's ways of doing that that don't need the end of you like inches away from death. But, but Phil, the bad blaster didn't work, so he had to That's go for true. work rate. Unfortunately, Johnny Bad's not much of a worker. <laughs> he, did, he can climb to the top rope really well. He does that quite a lot in this match. There's the thing, though. You, you kind of forget that Mark Merrow is no slouch. No, he's not. Said, I know I've said this before, but you know, with the gimmick of Johnny Bad, it's really, really kind of easy to sort of think he was just sort of like all character and no ability. But, you know, he's a, he, the, the guy's a golden glove kind of boxer. You know what I mean? He is. Mm. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can go. Like at this point, he couldn't really go in a way that, like, I suppose he's got like a good partner in the ring with Jimmy Garvin. Obviously, he's a, he's a veteran; he can kind of get him through a match at this point. But still, oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Garvin was really much driving the bus at the, in this match. Yes, as was your boy Michael Hayes from the rings on the, the, the side as well. Oh, he's just uh... he's got his arm in the sling, hasn't he? Yeah, even when yes. he's like slamming is... the ring mat with his with that said on. Yeah, he's a bit like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of forgot that, didn't <laughs> Michael? <laughs> Obvious kind of like, yeah, totally injured, not really. Not really, no. And it's a bit Um, of a a messy ending. Well, not a messy ending, but it's like there's a distraction. Bad gets him with his left hook and then gets the pin. Is it any worse than the ending of the Chamber of Horrors match? (laughs) I suppose suppose Johnny Bad didn't kill a man to win a match. No, I didn't have (laughs) to, like, you know, put him in an electric chair and flip the switch. It's a very specific amount of electricity where you don't kill somebody, but you just render them helpless. Yeah, that's which, uh, that's a taser. The WCW scientists. <laughs> <laughs> which... WCW scientists. Jesus, that would be a TV series that I want to see. WCW science. <laughs> oh, no. Robocop. Anyway, back with Missy. It's Robocop! <laughs> Please don't suddenly start thinking that you're going to be doing sort of capital combat <laughs> Listen, as a result of that. I, yeah, I was going to say, please, no Didn't capital combat. Thank you. I already that whole scenario out where Robocop jumps to 
WWE performed a tag team with a big boss man. We did fantasy book that. Yep. And then then turns heel on him to team with the Mounties. <laughs> it's like Mountie it's cop. so stupid. Robo Mountie. <laughs> oh no. I am the Mountie System 32 error. Beep boop. It's just Robocop with like a Mountie's hat on. <laughs> Spray painted red. Yeah. <laughs> Robocop spray painted red with a spray on beard. Yes. Would that have been any worse than the Quebecers, would it? Yeah, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I mean So Missy's still looking for the Phantom, but instead she finds Bobby eating with a pumpkin. I got no clue about that bit. <laughs> where, where does pumpkin come from? It's the way no wait, 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 we need to back up, right? Bobby Eaton says the words I've won a match, I've got a pumpkin, I'm gonna celebrate. And I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> no, you know where he's at. Tell me, I want to be the first. Hey, Missy, I'm going to celebrate. I just want a match. Uh, do we want to know? I don't think we want to know. <laughs> some some special wrestler thing to do on the road by the sounds of things. Yeah, I don't think Missy Hyatt wants to go into the gents' changing room for that one. <laughs> Maybe she does. Well, I mean, given the last time she did that, she nearly got accosted by uh, a crazed Stan Hansen. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, is the joke doing all attacked. of this that... Is the joke during all this that Missy Hyatt's a bit of a ditzy, thick bimbo? Is that I mean, what, they do, she should just that, be playing kind of, to that. They do all suggest these shows. that. I well, think. I mean, they do lean the she, she, she doesn't think she's thick as dog shit, though. That's the thing. But every situation she's portrayed in, she ends up looking like a dummy because WCW. Because, yeah, this seems to be a really weird kind of backwards 90s, again, Southern wrestling booking. Yeah. In the fact that the lassie who does all the interviews backstage is kind of just really loud and dense. They've got, they've got the smart um, one with the computer out, out of the valley earlier. So, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've yeah, got to balance it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. intelligent woman on a wrestling exactly. show. Jesus, wept. Yeah. Come on, Cameron. Ah, sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Should yes. Moving on to our first championship match. Well, yeah, there's four. I meant to mention that. There's, there's four championship matches, aren't there? They kind of keep plugging that through in the card. There are. And this is number one. There are. And this is. This is for the WCW World Television Championship with the champion Steve Austin with Lady Blossom against the challenger one Dustin Rhodes, who looks about 12. He does. Now then, lads. <laughs> he really, really does. Before oh, we begin well. this match in earnest, yes. I've done a little bit of mm-hmm. research, this one, me and Alan. Um, oh, no. <laughs> who is, who's Lady Blossom? I did some research on that as well. She, I believe, mm. uh, used to be the partner of Gentleman, was it Chris Adams? And then maybe you know, they had like a feud thing going on with them on the indie circuit or whatever the previous company that uh, Stoker was at. And then later on, he married said Lady Blossom. Yes, she is Correct. currently uh, Mrs. Steve Williams or Steve Austin in this match in mm-hmm. real life. Uh, so he yeah. his valet is his real life wife. They divorced in 1999. Now, you know when this, um, uh, these always tip when Steve Austin always tells the story about how he came up with the Stone Cold name in 1995? Because his wife at the time was British and she said he was drinking a cup of tea and she said, uh, you know, drink your tea before it gets stone cold. This, you know, Lady Blossom is responsible for naming one of the greatest wrestlers in the last 30 years. Imagine that tea was lukewarm. I don't think lukewarm Steve Austin would be quite the no, same. No, that's, uh, that's an Italian job, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm? There's a wrestler name if I ever saw one. Uh, it is really weird seeing Austin with hair and multicoloured trunks, though. <laughs> Although, he's, he's got long hair, but you can kind of tell that hair's not long for this world. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, this is true. Yeah, yeah, he's going to buzz cut that. In you can kind of see it's like it's, it's really it's kind of doing that Shawn Michaels thing where it's like, yeah, forehead's going up a bit high, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of kind going of a little bit high. We've got Grandma Rhodes in this match as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she at ringside, well, isn't she? In the match, but at ringside, we've got Grandma Rhodes. That'd be amazing. She jumps the barrier and gets in the ring and just gets annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, they do have that traditional thing of kind of ruining it, though, by consistently announcing the time limits as it ticks down. I've written that down. I was like, I've put up. See, You're always a bit like, oh, Uh-oh. gee, really? We're counting down. I have a take on that. Go on. It, it's something that I do not know. Places, I'm just going to use New Japan as an example. New Japan announce the time all the time. They'll say, give you a five minute, a 10 minute, a 50 minute. That's fine if you do it consistently, but if you start doing it randomly mm-hmm. for one match, that telegraphs it right away. It's yeah. like, oh, we're clearly going the time limit of 15, yeah. 30, 60, however long it is. It just ruins any drama that the match is building up because you already know, well, this is going to go the time limit, so why do I care? Exactly, yeah. It's a bit like, as soon as they did that, it's like, oh, here we go. And it's a bit of a shame because like, the, the starter match is cracking. It's a bit where I think oh, yeah. um, oh, Rhodes yeah. like, kills Austin with a lariat, which was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, this lariat was stiff. And there's lots of kind of counters and stuff to start with. Oh, what also consumed me as well, there's a bit where um, is it Aust- oh, sorry, Rhodes clotheslines Steve Austin on the top of the ropes. And like, oh, no, that's not a DQ. That's not a DQ. And it's like, oh, no, it's not over the top rope DQs, which will come it back. Is, we're a bit well of, in the era of, yep, we'll come back to it later. As a bit of foreshadowing, we'll, we'll come back to that. Oh, yeah. like, oh, I mean, they got padding at the rings. So I don't think it's gone full bad era, but still, it's like, why are we even talking about top rope DQs? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of like yeah. it's got a great like they can be kind of slow it down. They get pace again. They slow it down. Like these two, obviously, they're still both relatively early in their careers. Like Austin's only what two years in. Might he um, two um, three years in maybe. No, he's yeah. done. Hold on. Uh, good point. Um, the 89 uh, he debuted. Was it 89? The 89, yeah. Wow, okay. Cool. Right, okay. So 89. So yeah, a couple of years. There we go. Obviously, Justin's not all nearly, but both of them, you can kind of tell. Mm, I think Jim Ross has some commentary about, you know, if he was starting his own company, he, like, Austin would be one of the guys he'd pick. Yep. Yeah, true. I would say so. And I mean, you, you can tell that there's definitely something there with him. Yeah, totally. From the start, because he's just the way he just owns the ring, the, his mannerisms, he just gets it, and he knows that. He, while he's while he's still fairly new to the business, he he knows his character. He knows what he wants to be. A lot of people, I think, the first maybe five or so years of their professional career, they're trying to find themselves. But it seems to me that Austin found himself extremely quick, or just hit upon a gimmick that connected mm-hmm. with people. And I think. That's where a lot of people struggle because they have that initial where the crowd couldn't care less about you. And I think a lot of people get quite disheartened and kind of go, oh, what's the point? But you need you need to sort of work at it yeah. in a way that don't make it like... The, I'm just going to say, the brochatcher stuff in AEW can just go away. That just is a big turn off for me. I don't want that in my wrestling because... Well, after agree if to I want, next, I love it. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. But... To, to like I say to other people, it's great, and I think it's trying to find that happy medium yeah. where you get the largest audience possible. And I think that's where Austin comes into play, and I think obviously the Attitude Era, you know, is is pretty yeah. much a god at that point. I think and even what, after that, what's kind of good is like even though like Stephen Steve's a gimmick, like he doesn't feel like a gimmick. 
Yeah, I mean? like you no, look, it feels like mean, a, yeah, still... you look at Oz. Oz is a gimmick. You know what I mean? You look no, at, like, big, Oz is many things. You look at Big Josh. That's a gimmick. But like you look at Sterling Steve. Like yeah. that feels like it's, it's, it's it feels real. You know, well, that's half the that's, that's half yeah. about making it feel real. If it's real for you, then it's going to be real for the audience. They can connect to you a lot easier. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right in that sense. I think there's also a, a kind of something to be said of the fact that Austin has always been renowned as being quite protective over his character as well. Mm-hmm. He's not. Yeah. He's never. He was never keen during his career about other people fucking around with it. And yeah, you know, yeah. which came across Jim Ross in his podcast will tell a lot of stories about how that made Austin sometimes a bit of an arse to deal with. But when they realised the amount of money they were making off him. And when other wrestlers realised that they were making a percentage of that money being on house shows with him, it was kind of something that they tried to facilitate as much as possible. Yeah. And if, all, if Steve came up with an idea for his character, they tended to go with it. Why would you go with the Golden Goose? He, yeah, exactly. Well, but how do you know he's the Golden Goose back then unless you'd seen him? And I think it's... If you're at that level, of course, you're going to have a bit more sway with people. But I think you just need to have... A sort of belief that you know this is going to work mm-hmm. and go for it and really put it out there and put it all and if it doesn't work okay that's not the best but yeah. you put yourself out and i think that just works in your favor going forward if you are going to suggest things that go okay they had this one idea maybe it wasn't the best but let's give this another one a try i suppose it's kind of same with dustin because obviously he wouldn't necessarily get to the biggest heights of stone cold but obviously when he like weirdly he kind of found his great success in like like the ultimate gimmick with gold dust yeah you know, like I don't like you would probably say Goldust isn't like a real part. Like you would look at that and kind of go, that's not really Dustin Rhodes, is it? But like he, he again, he believed in it so much and made it real for himself and the and the audience. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that was probably like you know, ninety five Goldust was like huge. Ninety five, ninety six. Oh Dust. yeah. Again, because it was, he was it was a brave, brave gimmick to have in even in mm. sort of mid nineties and yeah. I think um, if you were to look at the, you know, Dustin Rhodes now in this match and say, give it another four years, five years, and he'll be wearing women's suspenders <laughs> in the ring. And it would be like kind of going, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd mm-hmm. be like, it's weird how wrestling works out that, that way sometimes. Totally. But yeah, definitely it's... the Goldust gimmick. That was, um, he went places with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Austin found his biggest success with arguably like, you know, Something that was very real and probably as like close to his personality was Justin Rhodes' big success. Was something completely opposite from that. It's like wrestling's weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, something completely nuts. And I think that Dustin Rhodes is like, I think my highlight of this match involved Dustin Rhodes, where um, Austin ducks a crossbody and Austin, oh, sorry, Dustin Rhodes, like a stone being skipped across a lake, just vanishes out of the ring. <laughs> yes. Just one bounce and he's gone. It's brilliant. But yeah, um, surprisingly, uh, this match goes to a time limit draw. Who would have thunk it? I know. Yeah, so, yeah, fancy that. I've got notes on here. Four minutes remaining. Blossom slaps Rhodes. Austin misses leg drop into the ropes. Rhodes lariat. Pin, but Austin's foot's on the ropes. Back outside. Two minutes. Rhodes power slam for two. Bionic elbow for two. One minute. Cover punches. 30 seconds. Rhodes top rope clothesline. No time for a three count. It's a draw. Austin retains. Yeah. Both bleed as well, might add. Both have got colour in us, didn't they? Oh, Both of them are, are bleeding all over the place by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, Dustin Rhodes isn't afraid to run the blade, let's be fair. No. <laughs> and Austin I mean, quite readily does it as well. Uh, did we point out like about four people in the Kitchen Bahara match were bleeding by the end of that, I think? But most people were. Sting well, I mean, was, Ab- Cactus was. Abdullah, Abdullah sneezed was. and he started bleeding, so you know. 
I think mm. he's got quite a nasty knot at that point. Is Bobby so. Eaton bleeding? It feels like there's been curry in every match so far. Mm, Eaton is a bit, yeah. I think Eaton's above his eye, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garvin was, I suppose, yeah. Big Josh Washington because he couldn't he didn't have his bears to attack his, attack his opponents this time. No. It's just, it's just a shame. Yeah. Like, I feel like if this was... Uh, this, well, this is probably one of those matches was like in the context of like a larger feud would be good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you kind of, this is the start of the end, another match on, and then another pay per view, and it kind of builds a bigger match, whatever down the road. But it feels, it definitely feels like the opening match in a series, which is nice and all that. But it's like, why do we got to do a time limit draw? Why? Dusty protecting his kid again. That's that what it is. Maybe. I mean, it's probably the fairest thing to do. You know, he keeps the title on Austin, doesn't, you know, makes them both look good. Just the ending always kind of sucks the energy out of, it, out of a crowd and it's like, mm, I think it's more once you it. once you know you know I mean as as as, as seasoned wrestling wrestling fans and you know we, we established <laughs> we're all the same um the minute they said you know 10 minutes remaining I was like oh it's just a draw yeah, yeah. which kind of sucked a bit but from a match quality point of view it's still really really yeah. good it's kind of up there with the uh, Eaton versus Taylor for me yeah. Yeah. the, the star like, of match the tonight. countdown does suck in the crowd like the crowd are up for it but it? as soon as like they, it, it's a draw it just the whole crowd just kind of goes and it just deflates the atmosphere I mean th- this match would work if it was a TV match mm. that's fine to do, but I think to do yeah. a draw on pay-per-view when it's to me it's lazy booking yeah or like you know you have the draw but then have like some other people run in to, be- to beat up Dustin in and then or have him kind of yeah. you know him kind of fight back and then kind of to get that kind of baby face winning, like st- standing up at the end of the match sort of thing to kind of get the crowd back up on their feet. It just because it just kind of goes, Oh, it's a draw, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it's like. It's just like, Oh, it's a draw. Okay, oh, well, I'll I guess I'll go to the go toilet now. Where's the hotel? It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, great. Well, great. Thanks, yeah. But they pick everybody back up with an advert for what is clearly going to be the greatest pay view of all time. Boys, did you see this? <laughs> I right? did see this, yes. This idea, I, it was like, Oh, it's like, Starcade 91, right? It's not just Starcade, right? It's called Battle no. Bowl because we saw a CG bowl, right? With like CG cards, the rest of the faces dropping into the bowl. And it's called the Lethal Lottery. I mean, that's going to be amazing, right? Oh, God. If only they put as much effort into the actual tournament itself than they did in this advert, it probably would have worked out better. It would have worked out amazing. But as we know, because we've watched the show, it doesn't. <laughs> Oh yeah, we have it. It was terrible. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, it was bloody it was awful. awful. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> Okay, I, I hope we're going to cut all this tittle tattle out of the podcast, and uh, <laughs> no. we're going to get the best <laughs> tittle tattle, tittle tattle. There you go. That's how we roll into the second half. Right. We need we need Jordi Al's rewind. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I could do a sound effect for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> you should. So this is the Jordi Al rewind. I just think we we'll might recap what happened in the first half of the show. <laughs> for no reason at all we'll do a recap but right now <laughs> i think it's the best thing to do now i did do a bit of um more little uh studying on the chamber itself yeah. and I, I i apologize if i repeat myself uh my memory's <laughs> not what it used to be um, all those chair shots the head is now but i mean for a starters you know the thing that says card subject to change you, you may as well have just not bothered advertising the heel team 
because you've only got the diamond stud. It's all the rest. It was like just kind of chucked in last minute, weren't they? Well, one man gang left, so he was replaced <laughs> by like, Abdul the Butcher. Um, then, for some reason, I guess because they were hanging out together, Cactus Jack had to be popped in the match, so Oz was substituted for him, and then Oz got put in another match, which we'll get to very shortly. And uh, on the other side, you had um, Barry Windham got his got his arm broken at the start of the show, so he was out. And then Vader just happened to be known he was wrestling tonight. That was handy that he turned up with all his wrestling gear, and, um, and he took. By Barry Windham's player, so yes, that was a almost totally different heel team to what was advertised. It's just weird how like you kind of have this big kind of like you know it is a marquee match. It is like you know Chamber of Horrors and Halloween Havoc pay per view, and like there's no there's no build for it. It's just a load of dudes chucked into a mixing bowl and just kind of thrown into an electric chair. Did you ever think at one point this was going to be a yearly match? Do you think they ever thought about doing it as a yearly <laughs> thing? Like war games. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd have sat there. Dustin Ro- Dusty Rhodes would have probably went, yeah, we could do this every single time. And it, it makes sense, like, because it's the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. You'd have some kind of big, like, horror-themed thing for it. But it just if you don't organically build into it, what's the point? What, what was it called? The Chair of Torture or something? It, it, not, not, yeah, Chair of Torture. Chair, yeah, so no, I don't think they ever referred to it as an electric chair. I think that might have been... Chair of Torture. That was connected to the fatal lever. And when you pull the, the fatal lever, it renders you helpless, not dead. Helpless. It's a very you know, very broad yeah. distinction there. Did, I think, if I remember correctly, I think it was Vader that fucked it up. Because I'm sure when he came in, he started shaking the cage at the very start of the match. And I think that dislodged the switch straight away. Well, yeah, because you touch one side of the cage and it just ripples right round to the <laughs> other side. What did you fellas make of referee? Terrible. Awful. Yeah. You say that, but to me it was still the best vantage point to watch the match because you didn't have the cage in the way. No, but we, we'll we'll get to how... There's only a couple of matches on this show that have referee as a, as a, yeah. as a feature. And we're going to get very, very shortly into why it, it completely screws something up. Well, yeah. I mean, you could you you could argue the best way to watch the match was with your eyes closed, but <laughs> still, you know, it was the sort of thing that you <laughs> get. I think you know the uh, I don't think we did a direct comparison, but it's like you know, it's not as bad as the, the Punjabi prison match where you can't see, you couldn't see into the actual well, ring to see the actual action going on. Well, but once they I kind just... of lower the lower the lower the chair down and it's shot shot tank cage thing, like you just it's just the ring's just too full of stuff. There's just too much stuff going on. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to take you back to a, to a little story now. Oh, hello. Now, I, I obviously obviously love defending all WF events. I grew up with yep. them and all the rest of it. But That's that nostalgia true. doesn't seem to ripple through to WCW. <laughs> um, I wonder why. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm watching these events. Maybe, maybe, you see, I always say at the time you had to be there, So, but I can't go back to 91 and watch it. I've got a feeling my like 10-year-old, 11-year-old self would have loved this crap. Yeah. But today it just looks some of it. So, tell you a little story of what happened. There's a little school just just outside of uh, where's this filmed? Just outside of Chatter, where the hell's Chattacuda? How, how do you say Chattanooga? <laughs> yeah, Chatt- there you go, Chattanooga. Just just outside there, a little a little. What happened was a small child. Let's say was he called little little Timmy was there one day having a little few tears. In, in, in the like the, the assembly hall so the headmaster comes up and says what's wrong little Timmy Timmy went I'm sad because we haven't got a panto this season and the headmaster went 
I'm really sorry. Count Bischoff came along and he wanted the, the house for his stage set for Halloween Havoc. So we had to sell him it because he needed the highest production of crappy Halloween haunted house thing on his stage. So, I mean, it looks like it's from a fucking kid's pantomime. Why on earth is that on the pay-per-view, for fuck's sake? And someone answer that. Would, would McMahon let that shit fly? I mean, um, I don't think we mentioned the gravestones and all the kind of comments that are written on them and the kind of bad puns. They're also supposed to be inside jokes by the production staff. Yeah, I was going to say so. all the all the tomb. I seem to remember this one year where pretty much every single tombstone has like an in joke or a reference on it. Yeah. So, so Ooh. Timmy, Timmy's very upset that the Panther has been cancelled because Eric Bischoff stole the the little backdrop that they had for the um, for the player. To be fair to him, Bischoff wasn't in charge at this point in time. But <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! No, he's Count Bischoff. He's he's in charge of all of Halloween. <laughs> you know? I, I thought for a second he was going to do that accent for the whole pay per view. That would have been it would horrific. be better if he did. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so Timmy's still upset, and he's like, "Oh, little Timmy, what's wrong now?" He's like, "Well, I've heard we've had the cancelled cookery." And he's like, "I'm sorry, Timmy, that's true." Count Bischoff needed all the flour to cover Adam Bomb and all the other jobbers, so we now have no flour left because <laughs> I had to portray ghouls in Halloween. Have Now you're not telling me that wasn't flour. Did you see when they got punched? They exploded into dust, yes. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. poor, poor Adam Bomb. He must have knew his career was getting better by that point. So, wait a second. Are you telling me one of the girls was Adam Bomb? I'm telling you one of the girls was Adam Bomb, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So he gets he gets killed by a daughter of the butcher, and the only thing that resurrects him is Three Mile Island's nuclear bombs. <laughs> yep, I'm telling That's you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll pick Halloween Havoc 1990, and we'll see what the set looks like then, yeah? Oh, no, 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 don't, no. At least save it until next year, next October. Next October, yeah, we'll see. Just before I wrap up this this little retrospective on the match, um, (laughs) Little Timmy, Little Timmy told his headmaster... Oh, we're back to Little Timmy. uh, Timmy. He told his headmaster an interesting fact. Did he? Do you know this match contains 88% of Hall of Famers? Cameron did indeed point this out, that the... Is it El Gigante is the only non He is. He is. I didn't didn't go into the rest of your research, though, Al. Don't worry. Good. Right. So, so, I was then set a task to find a match with a more percentage of Hall of Famers in. Uh I'm more than two people, because that would be quite easy. Yes, I uh, I didn't do. Yeah, yeah, it has to be a multi man match. Because two would be dead easy, wouldn't it? Um, even four would be easy. So no, no, <laughs> I went. Now I probably could have researched war games a bit better, but it was time constraints. So I don't think any of the earlier war games beat this. Sorry, any of the later war games beat this. Possibly mm-hmm. an earlier one, but I um I just had this game. But I know Survivor Series off by art, so that's what I've based it on. So, just to give a, a couple of comparisons, the very first Survivor Series had the excellent all-star team of Duggan, Macho Man, Beefcake, Steamboat, and Roberts on one team. 100% Hall of Famers. Wow, yeah. But on the other side, you got the Honky Tonk Man and Harley Race. You didn't have uh, Danny Davis, Hercules, and Ron Bass are not yet in the Hall of Fame. That's a shocker. So, that, that was shocker. 70%. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another very um, sort of uh, important match uh, was the inaugural brawl at Invasion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah. 80% Hall of Famers there. Ooh. You're, you're missing Rhino and Jericho from the, from the Hall of Fame lineup. Oh, I think mm-hmm. give that 5-10 years, and I think that'll be near enough 100%, surely. Yeah. You also had a very interesting Survivor Series match in 94, with, again, a pretty all-star team of the 1-2-3 kid, Razor Ramon, Bulldog, and Rikishi. Ooh. However, surprisingly, the Barbarian was in that match, and he he's not in the Hall what? of Fame. <laughs> but I think it's it's to do with he, he's trying to do that concussion lawsuit thing, so it might be a while before he's getting yeah. there. <laughs> He'll be on one the, of the, um, what's the word, the, 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 the I can't even remember putting it, the dead entries. Yeah, on the um, the opposite team, you had a stellar lineup of Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Jeff Jarrett, Jim Neidhart, but sadly Owen Hart, who deserves the Hall of Fame, but we know mm. the reasons why he probably won't get in the Hall of Fame. Yes, so he, he doesn't. Uh, I think he's been offered, but Martha doesn't want him to be part of it. So, yep. Although them two matches had more Hall of Famers in, because they had eight and not seven, but as a total percentage, there's still less than our Hall of Fame, it um, and a Hall of Fame, in, what's it called, Chamber of Horrors, at eighty-eight percent. That's still the top of the top of the charts. Of However, I've got a match that has a hundred percent Hall of Famers. No way. Oh, so what I want you to do is just a little quiz. Where if it goes on too long, I'll cut it. But you and Cam's is alternate guessing which Hall of Famers might be in the match, and when you start to get some rights, you can guess what the match is. Do we oh, get like, right. any clues of the year or the events that it? Not yet. Yeah. I'll give you some more clues once you name some some people from it. Okay. All right, Mick Foley. Uh, no. Hogan. No. Sean Michaels. No. Intriguing. Big Boss Man. No. Bret Hart. Yes. Okay, we've hit one. We've hit one. Um, All right. Heart. Sorry, Nightheart. Yes. Bulldog. No. Dave Austin. No. LOD. No. Bushwhackers. No. <laughs> There's only one more tag team in it, and, and I think you'll be guessing a long time to get it, so you might want to go away from tag teams. <laughs> doesn't help. Uh, okay. doesn't help, Alan. Um, Ted DiBiase. Yes. Right, he's in it. Okay, so... So it's got to be a Survivor Nine Series, then. It's a Survivor Series match, then. Taker? Have we said Duggan? Yes. Was that to Duggan or Taker? Taker. Taker. It's not the Survivor Series 90 match, is it? It is. It's Taker's debut. Oh, because Piper's in it. Wow! Is so Piper you in have... the commentary, isn't he? No, you have The Undertaker, Ted DiBiase, Honky huh? Tonk Man, and Greg Valentine. That was yeah. the tag team I didn't think you were guessing. Oh, and then on the opposite side, you've got the Hart Foundation, Dusty Rhodes, and Coco Beware. Coco Beware, yeah. <laughs> you never, never, never would have guessed Coco. Of a tombstone, isn't he? But I thought once you got maybe DBOC and Undertaker, you would probably get it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. Oh, I think once we locked in Undertaker, then yeah. It's, it's look at the ham hocks on that. Because Piper's <laughs> not in the match, but he's on commentary. He's on commentary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> look at the ham hocks on that, yeah. And is it Monsoon on commentary as well? Yes, yes, yes. it is. So would, so would that be a Hall of Fame commentary team as well? It, it would indeed, it would indeed. Wow, yeah. 
There you However, go. You, you can't say managers because brother love and Virgil's on the outside. But um, who's the I'm referee? Pretty, <laughs> uh, um, I think Shane Douglas. Uh, not Shane Douglas. Um, Shane McMahon is on the uh, is on the outside for the match. I can't remember. Is it Shane Stevens? He goes by. I think that's his referee now. Yeah, that's um, amazing. If Shane Douglas did it. <laughs> I think I'm sure Bruce well Bridget will probably get in the Hall of Fame one day. No, but I'm, probably, yeah. I'm not convinced good. Virgil's heading there, I'm afraid. No. Again, posthumously. I think that's, possibly, yeah. That's the nice word, isn't it? But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in, but that's that's we can now. Oh, hang on. What I've just got a few other little catch up notes for the rest of the show, but yep. this will be very quick. Um what sort of team is PNUs and Big Trush? An awesome team, thank you very much. <laughs> Because lumberjacks and rappers seem to go hand in hand with each other. They're an oddball team that works. What can I say? I'm trying to make a pun. Like, can anyone think of a good pun for the for, for like you know the name or anything? You know, all I can think of at the minute is a rap involving a rhyme between the words trees and bees, and I can't get there. Would that involve uh, the killer bees? Mm. PN and Josh out in the trees trying to find down the killer bees. He's going to hit you with his northern exposure, then he'll be arrested for exposure. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll workshop it a bit more. The creatures were the opponents, and apparently that was the original. Have you ever heard of the, the gimmick, the hunchbacks? Yep. Uh, that's what. That's apparently what these were going to be. I don't know what this thing is with like WCW's obsession with creating tag team gimmicks with two the two people are exactly the same what was it the the ding dongs that's the wcw one isn't it oh the bells yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was it got yeah, these yeah. creature lads i mean like come on i mean they, they, they're gonna tell me the contest conquistadors next i mean you know <laughs> mm. like why do you what, what a, a tag team you can't tell them i get for heel because they can just kind of jump in and out and confuse the people and that kind of stuff but it doesn't make any sense is this is just a stupid it never works like it never works bobby eaton beat Terry Taylor with the, with a leg drop. I think we said that before. Someone explain what was going on in the next match. Um, so Johnny Could be, be bad, bad versus Jimmy Jam Garvin. Jimmy Garvin with Michael Hayes with a sling. Yep. And and he beat him with a punch, I believe. Um, yeah, laid him out with his iron glove. Which, 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 which is the precursor. No, it's not called the tutti free. But I was going to say it's a precursor of the tutti free, basically. Ah, so so then Michael Hayes takes his sling off at the end to reveal he's not injured. He's just, yeah, I don't know. No. So why on earth isn't he going to wrestle in the match that he said you'll pull later on? But the mind boggles. It's, I think he just can't be asked. He just wouldn't have enough, I guess. <laughs> That's what it is. The turn up of the you've also missed. You've also missed Bobby Eaton in the back, in the back locker room uh, taking a pumpkin to celebrate, Al. Oh, no, I don't. I don't I mean, we were a bit confused as to what Bobby needed a pumpkin for to celebrate, and then the mind truly boggled and we yeah, left it alone. We just left it alone. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll probably be at the point on Lady Blossom on the original thing, Cam, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I mean, imagine if that tea story hadn't come true, and then you would have had Chili McFreeze 316. You know, can you imagine <laughs> that? I don't think his career would have gone out the well. Good. Yeah, I Chili McFreeze 316. <laughs> I just froze your ass. No. Yeah, you know, he's going to win anyway, you know. <laughs> oh, no. That's another t-shirt. You know, he comes to the ring you know, with some sort of slush puppy machine to squirt McMahon with, you know, it's like... <laughs> it writes itself. Oh, it just books itself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Then in the evasion angle, he teams up with Glacier. <laughs> You're right. You're oh, right. Oh, no. Do you know, it just snow. knits itself together. It's brilliant. You can have Al Snow in there as well, you know. He's quite on the Oh, stable. Walker. 
So who's stable? Get, get the Yeti air back, you know. <laughs> He's in a big block of art, you know. But in an alternate universe, that's exactly how it went down, isn't it? That's pretty. That's exactly how it went down. Probably. Um, but one thing I like to say is like the WCW shortchanged their audience so much with stupid time limit draws, right? Um, yeah. Do you know on on, on WF pay per view? Again, to the best of my knowledge, about you know to this time, I believe there was only one time limit draw that went on pay-per-view, and that was the very first match of SummerSlam 88. And I believe that's the only match on pay-per-view to this time uh, that that the audience yeah, were yeah. kind of robbed of a bit. But uh, it seems to happen every pay-per-view we do on but, WCW. Someone close to a time limit draw. I suppose the only time they do like a time limit draw would be like um, in like an Iron Man match or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, or, um, best of three fools or whatever. And it's like, you know, 1-1 one, one, and they kind of go to a time limit. And it's like, oh, that was five more minutes or whatever. Uh, and like the Bobby Eaton match, that went 60 minutes and there was no time calls in that at all. So, yeah. 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 Um, so it's so yeah. stupid. Like, at least you want to do it, just put five-minute calls on other matches just to make mm. things seem, you know. That, that make it consistent P- across the, the PNUs versus the creatures and that. You know, you could have counted five minutes gone. It was only 16 seconds left of the match after that, but still, <laughs> just counted. You know, well up for the splash. Yeah. Five minutes gone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to, uh, to to match number six of the night. Which, I would like to just highlight this match to give us like a little bit of context, because the last WCW show we did was obviously Super Brawl 1991, where we saw the mm-hmm. debut of one of the entrants in this match, the Great Oz. Which we, we did, as we will will would recall, had like a huge castle set that appeared out of nowhere, had like mm-hmm. four or five people playing cats from Wizard of Oz. Was about I don't know half an hour long. Was it that intro for him coming in? If, it felt it, it felt like it. And there was like special lights, and I'm sure there was pyro, and it was a big thing. It led to a big squash, and all kind of like look at all the time and money they spent on kind of introducing this character called Oz as like this big huge entrance in the in the. Uh, in the in the company, and then five months later, he's up against Bill Casmire. And how long is this match? Um, I I don't know because the, it was under five minutes, so I didn't hear the time cue. <laughs> I didn't hear the time cue. No, I don't think there was enough time to have a five minute time cue. But... Uh, three minutes fifty nine seconds. There you go, and he loses. So clearly, the gimmick has not gone at all well, has it? They've kind of lost interest quite severely. Yeah, which is quite harsh because you know Kevin comes out he's looking alright I mean, he hasn't got Kevin Sutherland which is one good thing he hasn't got the kind of uh, hey, welcome to ours welcome, welcome to ours welcome to ours we haven't got that which is a, gonna, a bonus yeah uh, but then he's somehow upstaged by a man carrying a giant inflatable gobe how does that no, work uh, well he's, he's Atlas but for some reason he's showing off his world's strongest man credentials by clearing an inflatable globe yeah do you, do you reckon, He's, like, yeah. you know how, like, the, the Million Dollar Man had to kind of carry the belt around and Jake had to carry this thing around and that sort of yeah. thing when he was traveling? Yeah, he carried think, the globe around, yeah. <laughs> think he had to, like, get that on a plane? Is technically the myth about Atlas that he had to hold the globe when in reality, in Greek myth, he held up the sky? I, I, I think that's for, for, for your Greek mythology podcast, Cam. It's not for you. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm aware I've just used the phrase in reality <laughs> of Greek myth. Yeah. <laughs> But, you're, you're off down a, a rabbit, rabbit hole that we're not following, I'm afraid. Okay, fair enough. I just, you know, thought I'd point that out. I'm sure he holds up the sky. Well, like, like I say, uh, show me the point in uh, the God of War games where you meet him, and I'll be able to tell you, but unfortunately, I don't think I can remember. Um, it's in God of War 3. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, thank I you wouldn't have played the first one. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, if you bring something to the ring, like, you want to bring, like, IRS's case, because it's, like, made of steel, you can waffle somebody with it. 
Yeah. Like, if he oh. hits somebody with that globe, it's just going to bounce off into the crowd, oh, isn't it? Oh, I, I, I wish I could have seen that and smashing the horse with it. Just I'm trying to swing it around. But it would, just, it would literally just, just, like, bounce off into the audience. He, he, he just carries it to prove all the flat earthers wrong. That's the only reason he carries it around. <laughs> yeah, the problem, there's some American there, kind of, you know, he should have had like a flat earth and he would have been like, you know, balancing drinks on top of it. Yeah. gin and Prosecco to the ring. <laughs> Keeping Did it classy. Did mention his football playing record now? We might have done. I just kind of tune this match out, to be honest. He did. We'll get we'll get to some football in a little minute. Well, I think he was just amateur. Maybe just amateur. Uh, yeah. But obviously, um, as as Al won't know, there's members of this podcast going to meet Bill Kazmaier. What? Ewan's <laughs> off to meet Bill Kazmaier. What? He's the commentator for World's Strongest Man, which is coming to Glasgow. Is he? Right, because yeah. obviously he was the World's Strongest Man, and that's why WCW got him. And apparently, yeah. people stuff. I've I've read a few things that if they put a bit more effort into him and trained him a bit more. He looked all right in the ring for somebody who hadn't had much experience. He possibly could have been a bit better than he was, yeah. If I understood what Ewan was saying last night properly, then there's a meet and greet afterwards as part of your ticket, and are you, and is off to meet Bill Kazma. Oh, um, oh we've requested that he ask about this match. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have requested. So, so when you wrestled Oz at Halloween Havoc 91? <laughs> well, that's after that, that again. That's the strange thing. Like, when you watch that match at the time, if you had to choose one of them to be a world champion or to go on to you know, have real big impact in the wrestling world, you're telling me yeah. you, you, you wouldn't have chose Bill Cosmo, yeah? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, of those two, you'd be picking Bill Cosmo, definitely, yeah. That is true. I think the only, my wow. only highlight I've got written down is that I think there's at one point where Deep Strike Oz does like um, a belly-to-back suplex on Cosmo and near enough drops him on his head. I have got here is Oz horrible back suplexes. Kaz nearly lands on his neck. Yeah, yes. it's like that's a thank God he was a bodybuilder because he needed those, those muscles around his neck to keep him alive. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, I've got here another nothing match, and then Kaz impressively lifts up Oz for the torture rack, and then we're done. Um, I guess Luger's not using that at this point in time, or is he? Did they not mention that in commentary? Uh... No, I, I think, think he is. He's using the well, come to later, but he's well, come to that what he's using, yeah. Um... yeah. Because the forearm comes later on because he hasn't had the motorcycle accident yet. Has yeah. He? Oh, yeah. No, that's 92, I think it is. So it does seem a bit gimmick yeah. infringing, infring, gimmick infringing y, but they don't, I don't think they mention it. And it is like, it does come a bit out of nowhere. And yeah, Oz, because the intelligent commentary that it's, it's, not, it's not a move they've seen him do before. Yeah, they talk about him doing bear hugs, but a bear hug finisher, yeah. man, come on. Oh, geez, you can tell it's the early 90s. Totally can. Bear hug finishers. And then my um, final um, comment is uh, not so great ours, am I right? Am I right? Not Oy. so great, Oz. There you go. Right, so Ewan, do you want to bullet point the rest of your matches? Yes, I shall. So, um, the, <laughs> the next match is a incredible spectacle of a match with former World's Strongest Man Bill Kazmar taking on the mysterious Oz. Uh, this was a thing. Bill Kazmar <laughs> is a very strong gentleman. I don't know why this was on the pay-per-view, but never mind. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, move on. <laughs> moving on. But so, like, how would you follow this marquee match of Oz versus Bill Kazmaier? The only way is with Van Hammer versus uh, Doug Summers. Yeah. yeah. Doug Summers? Yeah, Doug yeah. Summers, who doesn't, doesn't even get an entrance, which probably tells you all you need yeah. to know about Doug Summers. Well, how I'm could a... you have an entrance when you got Van Hammer doing that guitar next wing thing? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you have to respect that. 
That's not the weirdest part of his this entrance. No, would you be referring to the guys with the jackhammers? Yes. Drilling some bricks. Because it's rock and roll. (laughs) But it's like, why? Because it's rock and roll. But I don't understand (laughs) why they're using a jackhammer to go through one of the Because he's called Van Hammer, and it sounds like jackhammer. But surely, right, A, right, <laughs> right. this is an idea that, not that they'll know it now, but should have really been saved for Goldberg. Possibly. <laughs> at Halloween Havoc at some point in the future. <laughs> and B, I don't get why they're, I could understand it if you were like somehow resurrecting someone from one of the graves in a kind of Halloween style thing. But you, you're not. You I don't, just, I don't. It's a, it's a, it doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. Although it, it makes more sense in the match. We'll give it that. Well, yeah, as I've got here, um, Hammer kind of rushes through everything yeah. until the brain buster that nearly fucks up. <laughs> well, it's supposed Need. to be and a he's... suplex. I don't think it's supposed to be a brain buster. I think it's supposed well, to be a suplex. Well, yeah, it's probably supposed to be a suplex. He just falls on his ass. It's like a springboard <laughs> suplex with the ropes in there. He just kind of just drops from his head. But Doug doesn't seem like the best wrestler in the world because like, does he kind of go off the ropes and just runs into Van? Yeah, and then just kind of falls it's over into the like, corner at one point. It's like this isn't. It's the kind like of... you know, make Van Hammer look good, but it, it well, just. But it's just like, like give some facts away if I could. Oh god! Um, well, the match before was when um, obviously Bill Kazmaier beat Oz in four minutes. Obviously, originally, of course, that match was Bill Kazmaier versus Cactus Jack. Now, do we think that would have went four minutes as well? But it's a tricky one because obviously Cactus is whilst not he's been like feuding with Sting. You know, he's been getting yeah. some a little bit of Ooh, juice behind him. High up on this one, yeah. Well, that was that. That was the original match before they swapped them for the, the chamber. Speaking of substitutes, poor Doug Summers wasn't even supposed to be on the card. It was supposed it, to be shows. Michael Hayes faking his injury with his arm. Now, he clearly wasn't injured, so why didn't they just get him into take on Van Hammer? I think he took one look at Van Hammer, like, practicing. He was like, I'm having no part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. No part of that whatsoever. Uh, Somebody else can do that. Get, get, get Doug in. Get, get, get uh, Doug in the ring. That's the sort of match that would feel cheated if you watched it on Saturday night main event or whatever it is. Like, what's it yeah. called? Um, is this, do we see Saturday night? Is that what they call it at this moment in time? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I will say, um, I think both of you are kind of like, like underestimating this, just how cool that next swing with the guitar is. Like that's enough to sell the match, really. It's not even plugged in, so why is he playing it, right? <laughs> because the and here's my thing, right? Van Hammer is so obviously like a kind of motley crew hair metal, yeah. kind of thing, isn't he? Yeah, well, um, they, they chucked him in just before Nirvana breaks, just to kind of you know. <laughs> yeah, I was just got that was just what I was about to say. That gimmick is probably passe even now in '91. It's that four it's fucking never never minds less than six months. Away. Yeah, four or five years out of date. That is. Yeah, I was going to say it's at least for you know, and you get like grunge will be taken over right about this time as well in America. Yeah, so it's like why, you know, <laughs> because it's like Ravens. Ravens gimmick will be like you know, cutting edge round about now and then in the next few years. Yeah, but not this. Your boy Doug only started. When did he start wrestling? Like debuted in nineteen seventy one. Was in the AWA. Christ. He was a tag team with Playboy Buddy Rose, managed by Sherry Martell. Playboy Buddy Rose was in the very first WrestleMania match. There he go. was. Yeah. So yeah, he, he was. Uh, he beat. Oh my god! So he, he beat for the AWA World Tag Team Championship with him and Buddy Rose. They beat Kurt Henning and Scott Hall via countout. 
and then went on to feud with the Midnight Rockers for the remainder of 1986. Wow. A little bit behind him, but obviously, you know, looking at his physique, he's not a... a mm. wasn't a body guy, poor Doug. Not really, no. No. And then he, like, apparently this is his first pay-per-view match and he spends it being dropped in his head by Van Hammer. So there you go. Van Hammer versus Doug Summers. Inaugural WCW Light Heavyweight Championship match. <laughs> Brian Pillman versus Richard no Norton. No thoughts about Van Hammer versus Doug. That's it, just straight on. <laughs> it's, it's Van straight Hammer on, and yeah. Doug Summers. What do you want from me? Well, what I'd like to know is Van Hammer here in 1991. He's still in there in like 98, 99. I mean, is he yeah, getting any better? Well, isn't he? It's weird. He does. He's one of those WCW guys that seems to stick around for an abnormally long length of time. All right. Are we ready to move on? Always. I think we're ready to move on. We have the inaugural light heavyweight champ. We do. They say inaugural. Now, they just say the first, the first match, don't they? They don't say inaugural or kind of give it any kind of like gravitas. They just say it's the first one. Why are we getting the little Timmy voice out? <laughs> oh, what you're about well, little say. Timmy was a bit sad. <laughs> Oh, little no. Timmy <laughs> wants to know. He, he had a little question for Count Bishop. Um, you know, this might be a spoiler, but I'm going to do it. Brian Pillman, the um, you know, the the, the baby face who uh, is in the final. Um, mm-hmm. why is he only want to get a bye in the quarterfinals? Because he wanted him in the main event. Well, it's not very. You know, usually the heel will get the bye, and then everyone can go. Aha, the heel's got a buy. But yeah. the fist has got a buy, so it's like I don't get WCW logic. Like they do they don't do time cues and the fucking heels win the coin toss every single year of a war game, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it works, isn't it? And and then the logic like this just goes out the window. I don't I don't quite understand. Are they trying to give us the obvious stuff and then fool us like, oh Pillman will get a buy. No one will expect him to get through. And it's like Unless I've just misread, which wouldn't surprise me, and actually there was a wrestler called By in WCW around 1991. No, it was, um, he's got to have a mask on, hasn't he? The masked By. Yeah. Well, what's and, interesting, and, uh, looking at the quarterfinal bracket, is you got in that one side on is like Brian Pillman gets a bye. On the other side is Joey Mags versus Bra- uh, Bad Street. Do you know and who Bad course, Street is? I was going to say Joey Mags was Creature One. We saw him earlier on in the night. Yeah. Bad Street was that guy dressed up as a chicken we saw a few a few shows back. <laughs> oh my Do you remember? God. Fantasia. Yeah, that was him. They had to change his name for copyright reasons. And uh, Arachnaman. <laughs> you know what? I think Brad Armstrong might be the WCW Halloween Phantom, but we'll find out in a bit, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Because if it's like, oh, we need some guy in a mask, get Brad Armstrong out. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Can we also point out that, you know, like a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about weird positions in American football oh that keep coming up in wrestling commentary. <laughs> We've got, like, you know, Brian Pillman was a walk-on in Ohio. What the fuck <laughs> is a walk-on in Ohio? Oh, we're into the bit where, like, Jim Ross starts masturbating over American football again, aren't we? Probably, yeah. Well, as we, yeah. <laughs> Jim Ross and his horn dog phase that we all... Like, you know, if you go on Twitter these days. Yeah. Nowadays is about. I think, he must, I think he must have been told to not do it with women who he works with. That's. <laughs> I think everybody gets told that, don't they? Well, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> That's more of a general like, rule than something specific to general, general Yes, obviously. It's always a good idea. Don't do it with women you work with. Um, <laughs> Am I right in thinking here that we can't call him Ricky Morton because he's a heel, so he has to be called Richard Morton? Richard Morton You're completely yes. correct because he's a part of the York Foundation, isn't he? He's part of the York Foundation. I mean, the computer doesn't help him at all, but it's still there, though. 
So I can't yeah. be helped anyone. I mean, <laughs> um, well, Terry Taylor earlier on the night was listening to it he a lot. To a lot, yeah. But what helps though is like at least if you're going to waffle somebody, you like he a computer would do it better than that globe would, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you're going especially, to be... especially an early nineties computer. Yeah, That's... yeah, an early nineties laptop. That a beast. Which he's got. Yeah, I can imagine all the all of sort of fifty k of memory <laughs> on board that. <laughs> Hey, here we go. Christ alive. <laughs> Let's get the word processor out to the three line screen. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, uh, this heel run, by the way, was Morton's final run in WCW. Oh, was it? Yeah, he did. leaves about three months after this. He goes to Smoky, doesn't he? He goes to Smoky Mountain, yeah. And he has a, a few little spells in WE as well. Does he yeah. off like the Heavenly Bodies and that kind of Jim Crockett? Yeah, kind yeah, of stuff? yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, because he's like one of Jim Cornette's. Favorite people, yeah. Anyway, so. I mean, obviously, like you know, they're kind of the Midnight Express and that kind of stuff in the eighties. They were huge, weren't they? But I don't think it ever quite translated on a kind of wider TV level. But maybe it did, but we just didn't know because we were not not, not through here. We 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 got the Rock and Roll Express versus Heavenly Bodies at Survivor Series '93. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, but it was a bit odd because again, I was twelve at the time, and I was not who are these 13, guys? And I was like, yeah, who are these guys? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know. And then the, the the confusion at the end was like, oh, he's been thrown over the top rope. That would have been a disqualification where they're from. And then it all got confused. It's like, we'll oh, get into that yeah. stupid rule. I'm sure we'll get into that yeah. stupid rule later on tonight. Uh, we mentioned it, mentioned it partly, but we'll come, definitely come back to it again. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But yeah, like um, he's, but I think like you said earlier, like he's an actual babyface. He's not like... He's he always been, yeah. come he's across so as, a good, as a heel. And obviously he's a tag team wrestler as well. So this is... Yeah. A bit of a hard situation to put him in to a degree because I think he he does a lot of rest holding and like the kind of you know a little bit confused the pair of them really where to go with it because yeah it's like he's always the baby face in peril but now Pillman has to be the baby face in peril it's a bit yeah it's a bit of a role reversal. Mm. I think of one minute was like this is this is a surprising amount of headlocks in this match considering it's you know flying Brian. Headlock, Brian. It's, it's a decent back and forth contest, though. I quite enjoyed it from that sense. Yeah. It's not like the best match of the night in any stretch. You know, your Austin versus Rhodes is better, and your uh, Eaton versus Taylor's better. Yeah, but it's still okay. The thing that ruins it for me is the fact that they cut to referee during the winning pinfall, and you completely miss it. <laughs> that is true. That's the thing I was talking about earlier on when I was talking about we'll bring, we'll bring up Referee again because it is the most stupid production decision. Does Referee make an appearance in any other pay-per-views do we know? I don't think even I can look that it up. Does. But uh... but is it like before that they do like they, they like do like a flash cut to the Referee cam for like about two seconds or less than a second and it's like really kind of seizure inducing. It's like, can you not? A terrible, I can see why they wanted to put it in there so they could get close up. Yeah. But it's an idea which kind of now extends to the AEW do it a lot with having cameras at the co- at the turnbuckles. But that makes more sense because and that makes far more sense because yeah. For you... a while you were getting like cameras like on the 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 ropes above the ring. It's you know like at the start of WrestleMania ten where you had Bret and Owen and you had like a like complete bird's eye view of the mm. ring for them. And like, that's quite cool. Yeah, it would probably work better these days. You got you've got like a better you camera. Die. You know, you got like GoPros that give like a much better quality image. Oh yeah, if you were able to do like a GoPro and like and all that kind of stuff, that like looked quite cool. Yeah, but but the camera they got there, it's like nah. The, yeah. the only thing it helps with is in the King of Horror match where you can actually see what's going on with like random folks around the ring because it's so so busy full of stuff. Yeah, well, one I thing I will say well about the light, it like 
it wasn't really what they wanted. They would obviously get it later on with the cruiserweights and mm. got the guys from Mexico and stuff. But this was kind of like just two slightly smaller guys still doing the rest of the moves the big guys do. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you know, it wasn't separated the, enough, was it from from the kind of the commentary team just went on about how literally how Brian Pillman can't beat anyone else in the other division, so he's just going to go into this division. <laughs> He's just going to have his own belt. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh, wait to put your product on. This match fucking ruled everything. I loved this match. This was very, very fun. Is this your match of the uh, match of the pay-per-view? I think at this point, yeah, definitely. I think at this point, this this right. just overtakes yeah. uh, Austin and... Sorry, Even if know, they're fighting over the small gold belt, yeah? Oh, I mean, if you're going to bring size into it, then, you know, that's, that's a personal question. <laughs> Are we going to get onto my favourite match soon? What, the uh, Halloween Phantom versus Tom Zink? That's my favourite Oh no. So Tom Zink comes out. Yeah. And then we get the Having not taken a shower tonight and yeah. been chased by Missy Hyatt. He's not run to Missy Hyatt on the back. And then no. we get the Halloween Phantom coming out with this kind of half black white face mask and a cape and he's walking like he's about to It's like he's hiding his face with his cape and his little hat. Yeah. So his hat on, he's all kind of like hunched over with his like face half hidden by the cape. It's not well done for the TV audience, but I think it's well done for the people in attendance yeah. sort of thing, because they spoil it a bit by zooming in on the guy's face pretty much straight away. Yeah. yeah. And you see his moustache, um, and you see the fact that the face mask is like in his mouth like a ball gag, which isn't the best look, is it? Um, no, not really. Li- little Timmy. Um, oh, Christ. Why did you have to mention Little Timmy after I mentioned ball gags? Well, Little Timmy was like... Al's got a basement. Why? <laughs> Keep this clean, cut them bits out. Right. Why is... Why Why is that the... Um, why we're doing a Halloween Phantom match with Little Timmy Shed? Why are we doing Count Bischoff? Why are we doing a Halloween Phantom? We all know it's just going to be Ric Flair at the end of the day. So what's the point of doing it? We did all this shit last year at Starcade with Black Scorpions and stuff. Why are no. we doing it again? I know your secret sting. <laughs> Inevitably, the crowd all think this is just going to be a complete arse of a time again. And it's going to be some ridiculous swerve where the Phantom is going to be Tom Zink. I think the crowd kind of wake up like when um, the Phantom comes to the ring and he murders Zink with a clothesline. That yeah, yeah, he's not attention. wasting any time. You know, just like, bang, like, yeah, kills yeah. him. I like that. Like, nope, not wasting any time. Uh, let's just trot the guy, get the match over and done with. Yeah, and then um, we get um, a finishing move that looks awfully familiar. Well, what gets me is when Tony Schiavone goes, but whose side is he on? Like, and, uh, somebody, he kind of says, like, somebody might have a rude awakening. That right there, there's few signature moves in the sport, and one is called, if I can say this, Jim, the rude awakening. And then the, the, the mystery phantom just kind of slinks off all mysterious again. He does. Yeah. I, I think the reveal probably should have been done then. Yeah, of course it should have been done then. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You, of course it should have been done yeah. then. But we, you know what? We've got to wait. Despite like everyone pretty much knowing how the phantom is, we've got to wait for the big reveal later on. That was definitely a thing. <laughs> I won't go into detail because obviously uh, Al will cover this in great detail. I imagine, considering I imagine the the uh, identity of the Halloween the Halloween Phantom will be revealed. Yeah, because we've got we've got to get to the marquee match of the Patriots versus the Enforcers. Like the first thing I've written out is when the Patriots come out um, being builders from the WCW Special Forces. I'm like, how are these guys champions? I know it's like the US tag belts, and that's kind of you know 
not as prestigious as the main belts, but like, why would you put the belts on that guy and Fire Guy Chip? What's his name again? Fire Chip? Fire Breaker Chip. There you go. I thought they were leftovers from the village people. <laughs> they look that, yeah. So yeah, uh, Todd's champion to give him his, his name, which to be fair is well, a he's a champion. There you go. It's WCW. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. <laughs> of course he's a champion. <laughs> of course he and is. Then, <laughs> it makes complete sense now. Chip wasn't on fire, but you know, there you go. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it's just it's just. Well, apparently, he had a tryout and uh, what 1998, and he defeated Barry Horowitz, but they didn't pick him up for some reason. Pick Barry Horowitz up, though. It worked out alright for one. <laughs> it was alright in the end. Yeah, you know, like he's in it for one year. And then he leaves. <laughs> well, this is kind of a bit like an extended squash in places. Because, like, you got these two guys out wearing, like, ridiculous gimmick clothes, and then, like, you got Double A on Anderson and Larry Zabisco coming out. Just like, who are these well, two? A, a combined age of 107 or something. But uh, <laughs> actually, no, that's quite generous for a combined age. But there'll be 50 <laughs> something each then, actually. That's not as exaggerated it's... as I wanted to make it. There you go. <laughs> My notes about this match, right? Have you noticed how the crowd don't give a fuck even though this is essentially a double title match? Not at all. This should be like a big, big deal, but it's really fucking not. No. There's a moment early on where Arn bumps for a chip shoulder charge. So chip runs into him, Arn flat back bumps, and then Firebreaker Chip just kind of stands there and doesn't follow up at all. (laughs) And it's almost like there was a whole bit to come after that. And, and he just kind of goes, about it. oh, Arn's on it. Arn, I've knocked Arn on his arse. <laughs> Did I mean to do that? And then his, his brain can't sort of like work out what to do next. And Arn just basically has to get up and just sort of walk to the, his own corner and tag Zabisco in. <laughs> and it's just like, what is that? Well, I think the, the, um, the highlight is the bit where Arn Anderson starts complaining to the referee that Chip is too oily. And that he can't, yeah, gr- well, well, he can't again, grab him again, to do moves. He's, he's called Chip. Of course he's greasy. I mean, come on, it's WCW. Sorry, you're completely correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. You're completely Todd correct. Todd Champion also manages to have two occasions in the match where he misses a blind tag on his opponent. You know that thing where, like, they Arn and Tabisco have like, a blind tag. A, and then they... He's a champion. A champion singular. Like, he's not used to being in a tag team. That's the trouble with, with, with Todd. Yeah. Thankfully, Arn Anderson spinebusters Chip and gets a three count. And it's this this mediocrity is over with. <laughs> I forgot I forgot to mention earlier that um, I did have a, a Van Hammer fact or a, a little bit of Van Hammer research. So I might. All right, okay. I'll drop back into. He had a tryout in '93. He had two matches as a tryout. Do you know who the two people he he faced and lost to? Are we talking in WWF? Yeah. WWF in 1993. Oh, okay. The, uh... Did he? Yeah. Right, three. Right, who's he lost? Uh... So, uh, July ninety six, uh, July nineteen ninety three. He had a trial match at a WWF Superstar taping, wrestling as a as a heel. He was defeated by one two three kid. Nope. My Janae. Nope. Hang on, hang on. I want to get this because we'll go for the roster, but I'll get it. <laughs> um, ninety three. So it's got to be. I pres- oh, I'm saying that. It could just be a big guy that you absolutely squashed. I don't know which way. No, superstars. Um, he worked as a heel, but he was defeated by so he lost as a heel. So he, a face is who we yeah. beat them. So I was right with a kid. Um, so can't be that. It can't be that. Born Hart? Nope. Um, you're right. Scott Steiner? Nope. Rick Steiner? Nope. You're right about Janetti. You would have been in it at that point in time. Mr. Yeah, I was thinking. Mr. Perfect? Nope. You're, you're, you're aiming well, very much too high on the card. 
Oh, okay. Oh when you said God. Tatanka, um, Bob Holly's not there yet. Um, Barry Holly. Um, no. <laughs> oh, Bob Backlund's a good shout, no? No. no. Should I tell you? Virgil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the following day, he was working at a babyface at a wrestling challenge taping. So this time he's wrestling as a babyface, and he was defeated by. Bastian Puka. Uh, no, but you're close. Bam bam. IRS. No, no. Close with Bastian Puka. Damien Dementia. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, so his two tryout matches, he was fed to Virgil and then Damien Demento. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Oh man. Did they just do those to take the piss? <laughs> he must have done. Because, come on. <laughs> Jesus, man. Back to back oh as well. One day, then the next. I mean, that's a that's a tough yeah. week at work, isn't it? <laughs> that is so bad. Oh, no. Poor Van Hammer. <laughs> to give Virgil a run out on Superstars. Like, what even would he been building to at that point? Oh, Christ. Oh, we need to heat Virgil up. Get him on the, get him on the show with Van Hammer. Oh, no. That'd just be... Jesus wept. Anyway, oh, there you go. Oh Christ! There's me Van Hammer fact. <laughs> um, we then had a strange match: the Enforcers versus the Patriots for the WCW World Tag Team Championship. A epic match that goes a whole ten minutes. It's, okay, it's a, it's a weird one. That one, I don't understand. I don't understand what the Patriots did to get this title shot because I don't really think the Patriots are very good. But they're already US tag team, tag team champions, so why are they here in a match point as well. with the other people? But I, I, think don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't from, get like, it. The, was it there from WCW Special Forces? Yeah, something like that. I this was a weird era of WCW. I mean, this is, obviously this is the prequel to Major Guns and uh, other terrible puns. Oh dear. Moving on. Are we ready to move on to the next segment? Yeah, so we got the uh, the thing, the thing that should have happened about five minutes before. We should have not had to bother sitting through this shitey tag match yeah. just to get to this. Jim, it was a great reveal as well. Just it was do brilliant. It after the match. Do it after the match. Because it's Cause yeah. anyway. Everyone saw his finishing move, and whoever didn't cotton on, fucking Shivani just told everybody. <laughs> told everybody. So Count Bischoff is out with Paulie Dangerously. Yep. Who apparently has been sacked. Yep. He's not country, and he's declaring war on WCW. He's going to take away your heroes. Do you know what was real? He was suspended for supposedly leaking stuff, um, but he, he I think there was no evidence or whatever, but yeah, I ever thought he leaked the story to somebody. I can't remember the ins and outs. It's, you, you do feel uh, like there's like, a, there's like a nice edge to his promo when he's, when he's uh, giving it about taking away the heroes and bankrupting the company and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, do, I have down here. It's like going to go. On. The, the the irony is when he says bankrupting WCW is the fact that Eric Bischoff is in this group and uh, <laughs> That's true. Be I didn't even consider doing that. that quite spectacularly in a few years' time. About literally uh, ten years' time, would it be? Near enough. Uh, yeah. Near well, enough? just under. Yeah, just under. Wow, look at that! How things are, how things happen. That's crazy, isn't it? Yep. And then the the Phantom mysteriously just reappears. Yes. And then it takes his mask off, and it is Rick. It's Rick Rude oh. who has to do the first part of his promo by shouting against his own music. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what sort of volume they got on that thing, but yeah. What a coup! That's right, people! It's Ravaging Rick Rude! And anybody who knows Ravaging Rick Rude! 
obviously this is like the dodgiest kind of introduction. It could have been way, way better by having it after the match, and we've already said. Yeah. And it's all about based on bloody something about Phantom of the Opera and all that shit. Which... But this is the start of the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah. Copy, isn't it? One of the probably the best heel groups in that time period. Yeah, talking about um like Hall of Fame groups, who's in that? You got um Stone Cold, obviously. Oh, Steve Austin ends up in it. Rick Rude's in it. Yeah, is it Tabisco in it as well? Tabisco ends up in it as well. Arn's in it as well, isn't he? Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Arn and Tabisco, yeah, Bob Eaton. But the whole... Medusa's in it as well. But she's there, isn't she? She comes out. Is it? So... Oh, there you go. So Paulie Dangerously, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Medusa, Michael P.S. Hayes as a manager, Rick Rude and Steve Austin. It's a good promo, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's the, you know, like, it's the start of probably like the best kind of heel stable of the time. Yeah, and... I'd say so. It's it's daft, but it's it, it is the start of one of the best ones. So there's nothing really comparable, like at the same time in WWF, is there? But kind of that kind because of, like they were kind of phasing out the managers at that point, weren't they? The ninety one, ninety two kind of time. Yeah, like, I mean, I think you know sort of WWF equivalent of that time. The Heenan family. Out, right now would be Heenan, I was just about to say the Heenan family. Yeah, they were there. Heenan would be like not too long to be till he's on full time commentary. So yeah, the managers yeah, kind yeah, of being yeah, so kind moved of to the background, really, there, weren't they? Yeah, so. One thing I did forget to say was. Um, the last match of um, Arnold Anderson and Larry Jabrisco. I don't know if they mentioned it on commentary, but uh, I found a great name for them. Go on. A to Z. That's not my work. I did read it. But uh, I just thought, what a clever name that is. I like that name. Still haven't thought of a big Josh PN News name, but anyway. No, never mind. Uh, so next we have a promo uh, for the main event, which... I'm not sure if you noticed this. Does mention that Ron Simmons played American football? Apparently, he does. Yeah, or did. I don't anyway, know if you um, um, caught that. Him walk around a football stadium with like his own no, face painted onto the walls. It. it was um, like watching a low budget Rocky. I felt. <laughs> you mean he's like running up the steps? <laughs> you know, it's like oh, he's training for football, so he's going to win this wrestling match. Yeah, got yeah. Ron Simmons got to talk about football. Lots of weight training. <laughs> All the weight training, lots of like arm um, lifting up weights and stuff. Ready for his main event, which is Ron Simmons versus Scotland's favourite son, Lex Luger. Govan's favourite son. Sorry, Govan's favourite son. I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot the clarification from yesterday, Cameron. I do apologise. Clarification, yes, please get it right. Yes, yes, yes. The best wrestler, by the way. Yeah, and of course, because it's the main event, out comes Dusty Rhodes with Ron for no reason whatsoever. Because he's got to be in the main event. I haven't actually got in touch with uh, Lex Luger yet to ask him what he thinks about the appointment of Philippe Plimont. <laughs> if he could. But I'll have to, you know... Uh, is is Lex on Twitter? Touch. Or X or Instagram? Or yeah! There you go. Crack on. Yeah, me and, Lex are, me and Lex are like best buds. Social media manager, crack on with it, come on. Yeah, yeah, we'll crack on. What a voice clip. What happens next is um, Little Timmy. Oh, why is little Timmy the thread of this part, second half of the podcast? I don't understand. Little Timmy, you're sad <laughs> again. Well, Count Bischoff's come along and he stole all our giant letters from the school. <laughs> and he's took the L, so now I'm only called Little Timmy. And he then uses them to, for no reason at all, put Luger's name on the stage. In between all the gravestones, yeah? Yes, yes. Where well, another. Great production value by Dude, WCW so there. Any fireworks? hands-on nature before the Titantron became a thing. Any 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 fireworks? No, we'll just you know. No, because they, they would have set the letters on fire if he'd done that. People, well, a breaker chip is in the building. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, 
people, people will remember like a shot. his first name. You know, people remember his first name, but they might have forgot his second it name. Is, so better it is a just tricky. Put it. Yeah, it's a tricky name to remember. Yes, I think um, if you just said Lex, it would have been too easy to vandalize. Well, somebody may also think, wait a minute, is this the bad guy off Superman? We better spell <laughs> his name out just in case people get confused. We, in case we don't get caught copyright, do we? Your actor man was a bit closer to the knuckle. I might be expecting so. Gene Hackman in the main event. <laughs> just <laughs> expecting Gene Hackman to come down. Comes out playing Lex Luger. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Simmons versus Gene Hackman in tonight's main event. Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, oh, I bet seventies Gene Hackman would have done that. <laughs> he would have been out for he been ready for that. But he's like, probably. Um, you know, you got Dusty on Lex's side. Sorry, on Ron's side, and then Lex brings out uh, Harley Race and Mister Hughes. Yeah, I can't help. I can't help thinking like um, Luger's in the middle of some wrestling void. With one of the greatest behind him and one of the most useless in front of him. <laughs> oh, it is it. It's like, uh, yeah. it. Which which force is pulling Luca? You know? And then my next one of my oh, one of my yeah. highlights of the match is when they kind of they talk about oh we're going to get going to go right into the ring and going to hear the beginning of the match, and then you can't hear anything. And we're going to take our cameras hopefully inside the ring so you can hear referee Nick Patrick. Give the instructions to these men. Well, my favourite yep. sentence is, listen, Hughes, you're out of here because you're going to stink the match-up, so just leave. Do you remember <laughs> hearing that sentence? No. <laughs> I feel like I did, but I don't know. You'll just, you'll just bodge some interference. Just go in Probably, the back yeah. and save for that way. Again with, again with the football references, though, because it's like getting you know, going, Luger is an offensive linesman. Simmons is a defensive linesman. They had some real nervy times at practice. It's like, right, okay. okay. God, Joe, you can't. Can we just keep the, keep them to being wrestlers and just focus on that for like yeah, five it's just, minutes? It always seems to be. There always seems to be this weird reminder about how oh, they used to play football. It's like going to go well. Why did they stop? They used to play a real sport. <laughs> yeah, remember this? That's what it's like, isn't it? To be fair to Lugo, though, and I'm always, I've, 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 I think me and Al were talking about this over lunch a few days ago. Lugo gets a bad rap. <laughs> A lot of the time, generally. Yeah. Even though he held the summer watch. Well, no, he didn't hold, hold the summer watch, did he? He, 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 he won it at summer no, 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 he thought he had, but Hogan stole it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, um, you know, generally, I think Luger gets a bit of a bad rap yeah. because he wasn't a fan of the industry to begin with and all this jazz. And he was essentially a bodybuilder that just got brought into wrestling. Yeah. yeah? But. In watching his matches more closely on the process of this podcast, especially in the last six months or so, Luger, whilst not maybe the most technically gifted wrestler on the planet, at least has a lot of ability as far as actual performance goes. Mm. I will point out in this match the fact that Simmons scores the first fall with a spine buster. And he does Luger's come out of nowhere, yeah. yeah, but Luger is selling that spine buster like death for a good 
sort of 10, 15 He minutes sells afterwards. it for pretty much the rest of the match. Like, his back's always like... Yeah. It's that. It, it a shame we've already seen the Spinebuster 10 minutes ago, but never mind, we'll see it again. <laughs> we'll see it again, yeah. Yeah. But I think, what, I think but, what helped him is that, like, he had lots of feuds with, like, Sting and Ric Flair and that kind of, like, you know, in oh, the yeah. main event position. I think he had... He, I'm like... It's tricky because I think we the last one we watched, he was in that tag team with Sting, and I thought that was probably like his best match that we've seen him in. Yeah, and I wouldn't put this above it because I think it's just like he just I don't know if this is like the pace of his matches or if it's just the kind of methodical nature of his style. Like it just it it doesn't seem to necessarily know when to kind of kick it into another gear unless he's with somebody who knows that. Does that make sense? I think I think yeah. what I've always said about Luger is he plays it very, which is a good thing. I'm going to say he plays it very safe. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't like mm-hmm. to do anything that might endanger his opponent. That's what a, a few people said about him. He likes to. Yes, it may be a little bit methodical, but I think in a way yeah. he wants to do what he's used to, so he doesn't hurt anybody, which yeah. we've certainly saw other people do in the past. Yeah, but I think a methodical style works for a heel. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like not being flashy, just kind of working a guy over sort of thing. Which he just to run in this match, isn't he? Once they kind of get past that second, the second thing, he turns into like a big cheating bastard, and he just starts cheating all over the place. I think we yeah. shouldn't mention his attire. What? Okay. Well, he's wearing, isn't he wearing like baby face blue for some reason? Yeah. Do you think he'd be wearing black being a heel? <laughs> he's, yes. He's like, he just doesn't know, does he? He's, he's literally in these uh, nice bright blue trunks, but that's again what you would expect the, the, the face to wear. Yeah. Not, not, not Luger. You're right. Playing black, which he, he did wore around that period, I'm sure he did, was, uh, was more fitting for yeah. him. Well, I think that's probably something to kind of feed into it as well because, like, last time we watched, he was like a pretty much a, a huge baby face alongside Sting in a tag team, and now like he's back to being heel again. I think he had that kind of the Big Show flip flop thing to him, where maybe like there was one killed his career to a degree. Yeah. He has a pretty much an entire history of you know the Booker's refusing to pull the trigger on him. Mm. You know, it's like the you know. His heel run in this one gets curtailed, cut short. Um, obviously, the obvious one is obviously Vince changes his mind in '93 and yeah. doesn't give him the world title. But he still has some major parts to play in wrestling history. I mean, he's like the first guy that crosses the line in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, totally. Because obviously, he walked out on. He he's probably I think if I remember rightly, Lex Luger appearing on Nitro in 1995 is the reason why wrestlers today have a 90 day no compete. Yeah, but 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 like that image of him coming out when it was like the previous night he was on Raw or like that night he was on Raw last or whatever it was, but like that was like oh yeah, that's the the kind of first heat, isn't it? That kind of builds the Monday Wars up into a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Luger. He's properly good, and he does. He's, again, we can file them under wrestlers that come across like decent people on when they're online. Hmm. And like he works a decent match with with Ron in this one. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, Ewan was saying in the first half of the show that he, we, you know this is one of his favorite matches matches of the night. He, you know, this is and he is right. It's this match is wonderful. I love this match and not just because we also had the two men in the ring but we also had Harley Race and Dusty Rhodes at ringside being batshit crazy I was going to say isn't it because it's got Scott in Scotland's favourite son Lex Luger isn't it <laughs> yes Rangers fan Lex Luger you say, you say Scotland's favourite son I think it's more Govan's favourite son <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair that could be uh, that could change on a weekly basis given it's Govan well so, yeah it depends on if we have you know the, the traditional November managerial hunt 
<laughs> don't get me started on this. I sense that could be our rabbit hole. We don't have time don't to go down. No, we don't want to go down. I'm happy at the minute, but I'm just hopeful we don't have to do that again. So this now become your favourite match of the card then, you Yeah, I think this is I think the main event is my favourite match of the card, yeah, I think so. For a portrayal of a hard hitting athletic contest between two men of equal ability, this is up there. Let me just um have a little thing because uh, we've mentioned a lot tonight about not little Timmy. Well, please not. Well, you little know, Timmy. isn't it past his bedtime? Little, little Timmy's really, um, really contributed to tonight's show. I think you've been very harsh against him. Yeah, yes, you've let him out the basement, though. Um, we'll, we'll cut that bit as well. All right. WCW logic. We've been through the uh, the the, um, the time. There's no time mentioned in this, despite it going no. quite a long time. And yep. there's no coin toss at the, uh, at the at the start of the match to, to do that. So in a more WCW backwards logic, we now have the crowd cheering for Luger to win two falls in a row to retain his title. You know, put the heel at a disadvantage. What a great way to get the audience behind this match by having having uh, Ron Simmons take the first fall. Surely Luger should have took the first fall and Simmons the second. Why would Simmons take the first fall? Because WCW? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, it's not as weird as the second fall, effective. though. What we see, what's about to be coming in the most ridiculous spot known to mankind, I think. I was yeah, referring to the over-the-top DQ where Luger jumps at Ron and just kind of slides off him over and goes over the top rope and the referee calls that a DQ. Yeah, he literally throws himself over the top rope. Even though, going back a, a bit to the um, Steve Austin-Dustin Rhodes match, with, with Rhodes clotheslines Austin over the top rope, which is apparently fine. It why mm. I, I just can't I just don't know where that rule why it was ever. But ruled. this like, here, where Ron, I don't think Ron even picks up Luger. He just kind of like is there no, while Luger it, jumps at him. The whole spot's messed up because. Like, Harley Race, I think, is supposed to be holding them or something like that. But yeah. Dusty Rhodes gets so confused and comes over and starts beating up Race. However, yeah. that must, must, uh, mucks up the spot. And then Simmons and Luger have to kind of delay the spot until Race, like, is back in place again. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes has to be in the line, right? I, I get then, the idea, um, like, you know, you, you're cheating here or cheats his second, he cheats his way to a, to a pinfall. But surely there's better ways of doing it. Yeah, and like he's holding, he's like holding Simmons there for no reason. And you're right, like Luger comes, and obviously you can't show Simmons ducking because that makes him intentionally doing it. So it's like Luger just cross bodies him, and you're right, just bounces off him and goes up uh, over the road. Like, DQ is like no, so it's stupid having that rule. I mean, we we've made fun of all the stupid WCW rules tonight. Yeah, but that's that's an atrocious one. Like, you know, did WCW ever run battle royals? It's like they just yeah, they also did World War Three, didn't they? The disqualification battle royal is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> a battle royal, somewhere. but you oh, can't Dusty throw somebody Rhodes. over the top rope; it just goes on forever. Dusty Rhodes had that written down somewhere, didn't he? In his book, the disqualification battle royal, got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> what? What? The only good thing that comes out of that is like when they come out for the third for the third fall. Like Luger like comes out bleeding and just starts beating the crap out of Ron, and Ron's firing up, and it kind of that really kind of kicks a like the match into another gear, which is good. But to get there, did you have to do the stupid DQ finish? It does lead to one of Dusty Rhodes' greatest piece of advice, though. 
<laughs> what is he talking about? How to um, how do you win? When, it, when it's when it's one one, and he's talking to Ron Simmons yeah. in the corner, we get uh, we pin him by being on the offense. <laughs> yeah, how do you pin him by being on the offense? Ingenious, and ingenious that, advice. And I think it was followed up by "Don't worry, Ron." We'll get you in that chamber of horrors match next year. I think that's what it was full of. <laughs> that's what it was. By, yeah. Right. I say it is a good match, and then like um, I thought it, it blew by. I was like, I rewound it because I'm like, yeah, there's no way this has been 19 minutes. It's been cut. Like either the time's wrong, I've read, or it's been cut on the network. So I rewound it back. I'm like, no, no, that was that yeah. was a very yeah. compared to some of the crap I had to sit through. That's been a very brisk 19 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's really enjoyable. The main event's really good. My, my other thought was um, there's a suplex <clears throat> at one point. I think Lexi suplex. I just kind of thought, how come Lex Luger never had a never had a suplex as a finisher? Because it'll be the suplex. Well, suplex. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you had the perfect plex. You could have had the superplex. Superlex. You know what I mean? Superlex. Yeah. Would have worked. In, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's that would have worked. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, got yeah. random thought until the end. Um, um, they go outside. Ron runs into the ring post because yeah, he does, he does a football stance, three point stance, Duggan style, and then ends up Luger ducks it, and yeah. then he ends up ramming his shoulder at the turnbuckle. Despite the fact that Simmons had been pretty much battering Luger for like three minutes before that, yeah, that seems to be the turning point. He does his shoulder in. And then let's get yeah. him up in his power driver, the attitude adjustment. What move? It's not the attitude, it looks different to the attitude adjustment, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's called on commentary, the attitude adjustment. That's You're trying to say it. John Cena lifted that name. I mean, to be fair, John Cena used to call it the FU. He didn't want to call it the attitude adjustment. <laughs> but I had yeah. no idea that was lifted from WCW. No idea. What a callback that was from John Cena to, 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 to <laughs> Govan's favourite wrestler. Like, Lex Luger couldn't get the attitude adjustment yeah. over, but bloody John Cena did, yeah. I mean, exactly. uh, but it's not the best looking power driver in the world because Ron kind of comes down on Lex's leg. He does kind of like get his Lex's knee ends up crunched in between yeah. the mat and his back of his head. Yeah, but uh, then, but that's enough for Lex to get the pin, and there you go. Yeah, Lex it kind of retains. comes out nowhere a little bit, but and if yeah. I if I remember correctly, he gets the three count, and then balloons and streamers start coming from the ceiling, and then. Randy Savage appears from nowhere yeah. and hoists him up on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly Ran all the happens. way from New York or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You did it, Lex. You did it. The Lex Express smashes through the In wall fact, and just like comes up to the, the ring. The streamers and stuff probably came down after the second fall because that was a DQ. That's like winning by count out, isn't it? So they totally probably is, yeah. did the streamers for the second one. Such a dumb. Like, it's a great match, but that second fall is so dumb. Yeah, I, I just like, think like I don't think it, it doesn't quite take you out, takes it out of you, but it's like ah. Oh, could you not think of a better way to finish? Even if, like, they went for the old suplex in the ring and race grabbed his ankle, you know, that sort of finish. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like, yeah. If you've got the guys out there, they, they should interfere in one of the falls. It works in the way that it's kind of a said. It kind of works in the fact that, the, that it's like Luger the heel getting an equaliser because of a really kind of dodgy decision mm. kind of thing. I get that, but, yeah, visually it doesn't look quite doesn't look right. Good. Speaking of like things don't look good visually, we get the typical WCW finish of like a wide shot of the ring with people flying out of the arena. Yeah, I don't. I never understand why they do this. I say the typical WCW pay per view cool down. Why show the arena nearly empty? Yeah, does it make sense? Because you know, like you always like you know the the big you know, especially this kind of time was like Hulk Hogan in the ring cheering with a crowd behind him. Yeah, That's yeah, like the, yeah the correct. Kind of, yep. Well, you but, since the heels ring, again, since the heels went over, make you uh, send your crowd unhappy. Um, that. <laughs> They've That's got nothing true. to cheer, have they? 
no, that, I'll give you that. They're just, they're just filing out quietly out of the arena, all kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. that was a, little, that was little Timmy's filing out there. He's very sad about this pit review. I'll tell you that. I didn't realize little Timmy was in attendance. Was that when he was talking to Count Bischoff? He got some tickets off Count Bischoff to compensate for all the crap he's put him oh. through. <laughs> to be it's fair, he only, he only got them off through the show, so he only saw the second two matches. Oh, bless. Uh, he bless didn't want to watch the Halloween Phantom. He was convinced it was Ric Flair again. So he was, <laughs> <laughs> despite him being a WF, he's like, nope, it's definitely Ric Flair. So there we go. That was the spookiest of all pay per views. We've seen, we've seen people cutting up bricks with um, building equipment. We've seen a man die being electrocuted. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Halloween Phantom reveal himself as something much better gimmick wise. Yes, and a man carry a literal globe. What what a pay per view that was! It's 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 an event. As I say, as I've kind of said in the first half of this, we've done a lot of WCW pay per views around about this time, and whilst they are have a propensity for leaning to the wars of ridiculous, yeah. In this case, a fucking chamber of horrors match, which wastes God knows how many too much talent. But there's when the wrestling actual in ring product is good in these WCW pay views, it's really, really bloody good. Yeah, it's that weird know? kind of like I think we, like you say that you said about like there's always that kind of I think I used the word easy. I say that dichotomy where it's like I think WWF was kind of struck with this as well. It's like you've got the kind of real, not not realistic, but you know, kind of down to earth fighting, kind of keeping it kind of in the ring and you know keeping it real between the two guys and then you got people like phantoms flying about and you know people being electrocuted mm-hmm. and the, the undertaker bringing down lightning in the ring and stuff you know and then you think about like even in like towards the end of the decade when it's like everybody thinks WWE was like nwo they still got glacier they still got like sub-zero comes into the ring doesn't he it's like his mystical yeah. ice powers it's like they can never mm-hmm. get away from just being like, oh, let's have something weird going on because it's wrestling and we can get away with something being a little bit weird. Which arguably in WCW even leads up to things like, you know, fucking David Arquette winning the world title. Yeah. That is as weird Stuff as like that. That is as bizarre as the Chamber of Horror match. That is still bizarre. It's like when he ever appears on WWE television and in like the crowd at Raw and it's always like, you know, David Arquette, former WCW world champion. You're like, yeah, that actually that's true, isn't it? So, where are we going to put this on the table? Oh, oh, before we do it, I've got the best I could come up with in the time period. Oh, no. What's little Timmy doing now? Well, no, little Timmy's gone home. He's fine. Um, (laughs) It's fine. Is he in the basement now? He's back down the well. We're cutting them bits. Right, it's, um, I've got my name. Oh, Buffalo Owl's down in in the basement (laughs) with him again. Right, we're cutting that bit as well. Of course. Silence of the Lambs, in case you wonder. I don't want to. I don't want to suggest the bit with Buffalo Bills parading himself in front of the camera. I don't think about Al doing that. Right, no. we're, cut, right we're cutting all these bits out. So yes, totally will. I don't worry about it. I've got. I've got <laughs> me um, name for PN News and and Big Josh. Oh, why? Okay, we can call them the Lumber Rats. Or do you just call them big news? Lumber wraps. Lumber wraps. No. Because he's a lumberjack and PN News wraps. Lumber wraps. Yeah, I'm trying to work out where lumber wraps. Right. Lumberjack, but it's like wraps. Lumber wraps. Yeah, lumber wraps. Yeah, it's bloody good. You come up with better than. You come up with better than. Big news. There you go. Big news. Big news. That doesn't count. 
PN news and big news. Works better. I'm still on like trees making newspaper. You call them big news and you change their gimmicks to be like journalists. They come out with like the you know like the kind of journalist hats with scoop written in the in the hat. That would be amazing. They kind of start talking like New York guys. Hey kid. All the all the crowd would be like scoop scoop yeah exactly. And they do do, do, you know what their finisher is? A double scoop slam. Nice. There you go. Very polar promotions. Thank you. So, will we discuss this briefly with you and yesterday? He suggested that this Halloween Havoc could go down towards the WCW ghetto, towards the bottom. I don't want to number you in, but can I get like a range where ideally you'd like the pay for you to go? Let me have a look at the list of lists. Just so we can factor that, that into our thinking when we do okay. the, uh, the, the fish one tomorrow. So. so, the highest WCW w show we have is beach bus 92 which this show is going to be very much under just to compare to the other halloween havocs they are numbers 40 and 41 (laughs) (laughs) i think there's enough good to to put this beyond um halloween havoc 96 i don't think it's enough though to put it beyond flair for the gold unfortunately i think it's going to slot in the number 40 for me wow you're thinking right like i suppose flair for the gold's got the um Harley Race, Ric Flair main event, hasn't it? Yep. It's so also got Mafia um, Don Harley Race is just like I'm going to end him. It's also got past his bedtime Tony Schiavone, the camera that falls over. There's a lot of good in this show, mm. and I, I don't think it'd be fair to put it above that, to be honest. So yeah, I, I would say probably there, which unfortunately you, does bring it into the graveyard of WCW shows. Well, that makes sense because it's a Halloween special. Yeah, well, he said he liked it, and then he kind of like by the time he put it on the league table, he realised it was kind of far down. Yeah, I mean, as a show, it's it's okay. Mm. The the Chamber Horrors match you can kind of just poke fun at because it's renowned as being one of the worst comic <laughs> matches ever. I think what hurts that is, is there's no kind of build or reason for it. It's just a load no, of guys chucked into it. It's a Halloween match, and let's just throw people into it. Yeah, um, and it's the the actual quality of the match is also dire. Yeah. And like the lowest Halloween Havoc is at like number forty, which is just below Flair for the uh, a Flair for the Gold. Probably enjoyed it more than Flair for the Gold. What's next on it? Above that is Starcade nineteen ninety with the Wrestling World Cup. Okay, what's after that? Probably enjoyed it more than that. Starcade ninety two. Right, so all these WCW ones just all together. They're in a big clump at the bottom, yeah. And then just above that is the Wrestling Classic. Oh, no, it's not beating the wrestling classic. I enjoyed this more than the wrestling classic. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, it's bloody bollocks. <laughs> yeah, the wrestling classic is. Yeah, it's total bollocks. The fury in Al's voice then. And then it's the big event. Enjoyed it more than oh, that. Oh, piss off. The Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh... What I would say there is that the Samovar Trophy isn't defended on this card, so I think it immediately puts it below the Battle Royale at the Royal Albert Hall. No, I think... Uh, no, because the Royal Albert Hall show is essentially a glorified house show. Oh, the way Cameron's going will be better than WrestleMania 8 by the time we finish. No, up higher. What's next? WrestleMania 4. Oh, it's not as good as WrestleMania 4. No. I'd leave it I, better than the Battle Royal Albert Hall, but worse than WrestleMania. What position is that now? Seventh. <laughs> that will be that'll be the thirty fourth best uh, pay per view. I put it there. Go on. I'm I'll agree against it. I do think it is better. It's better than the big event. Not having it. 
I'm waiting for Al to argue the bit, and he's not. Well, he's, yeah, I'll just give in. I'm outnumbered. What's the point, eh? What's the point, eh? Give you <laughs> That's old, a very diffused attitude to take. Old, old very classic defeated. wrestling. Old classic wrestling and fucking Count Bischoff in his cardboard, <laughs> cardboard house. <laughs> Would little Timmy not have, not have given you know? If little Timmy give up, he's never going to get scratching past that door, he's is he? Never going to get past. No, little Timmy. Right, we're cutting, we're cutting that bit. I need to make a note about to remember to cut out all these bits referring to Al's psycho, like madman basement. Yes, you know some of us have a professional qualification. Yeah. Well, that precludes you from having a, having a crazy basement. Well, it, 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 it sort of forbids me to what Cameron yeah. <laughs> normal things forbid you for that. Normal civilised behaviour like forbids a crazy basement. I'd like to point out to the GOC that that is just a joke on <laughs> my behalf. And that at no point has Mr. Alan Milburn, GOC registration number <laughs> insert here, um, have anything to do with any basement. In fact, he hasn't even got a basement. <laughs> hasn't got a basement. He isn't known no. as Buffalo, Buffalo Bill Al. No. Nothing at all like that. Please, please yeah. make sure all that I'm is... I'm sure all the rumours are false. For the love oh, of God. Strenuously deny anything. He chooses not to answer the question in a way that would incriminate himself. Yes. <sighs> if he's going to wonder why we're still talking about it, I would point out that he brought little Timmy into this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, but not for your purposes. <laughs> for our purposes? Hold on. <laughs> Una memento, por favor. <laughs> no one asked little Timmy to join us. He was dragged by you. Yes, but uh, you know what? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do you know I'm what? Right. Do you want right. to know what's Do next? Do you want to know what's right. next, Alan? Right. Let's it, start a better intro because you're cutting all that crap out there. So right, right. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm not. Right. So all that, all, so let's, all let's, that on, let's, let's, let's get some professionalism in this damn <laughs> podcast since we've had fucking Count Bishop right. and these cardboard fifty-nine episodes, episodes in. It's better time for some, I suppose, isn't it? So, you rank that as the 34th one, you say. Very disappointingly on my behalf. Um, so, tell me... Well, that's just where I'm putting it. You can argue your bit as well, can't well, you? Well, you know, I've realised that was no point. So, where is we rank... Yes, terrible. What's the next show? Ask Cameron. Cameron will tell you. Cameron, what are you choose? Is it your pick? It's my pick, apparently. Oh, so fantastic. So, what are we picking? How are we having 92? No. <laughs> It's the um, it's the show that I suggested the other day, and you complained about the amount of matches on it. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what that was. But oh, Jesus Christ! Hang on, uh, not the not WrestleMania thirty-seven or something. Is it? Uh, no. Oh, hang on, a number of matches. Is it WWF? Yeah. Oh, right. Is it is it WWE? Oh no, it's WWE. Sorry. Oh. Oh, he's never happy, is he? I don't know how do you work not, with him. That's not nostalgic. Mm. That's not nostalgic, is it? Al, it <laughs> took place 21 years ago. <laughs> the defence will have to point out to the jury that the event happened 21 years ago. You're right. You're correct. Sorry, sorry. I misunderstood. When you said that, I thought we are going for a marathon. We're going for the opposite of a marathon. Right. That's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Right. It's the 2002 Survivor Series. It's the first Elimination Chamber match. Have you stunned him into silence? I was just about to say, I thought, I thought my Discord had frozen again, but no, <laughs> well, this well, I, I, knew, I knew what it was. I was waiting for, uh, for, for Phil's response. Yeah, I knew what it was yesterday. That's why I, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I told him yesterday. Oh, well, you told me before. <laughs> I remember that, didn't yeah. it? 
what we're talking about again. Oh, well, my, my only slight thing was the amount of matches on the card because it's a very condensed card. I and think that's fine. And my favourite moment of Goddammit Jeff is cut from the net. Oh, is it? Yep. Oh, no. At least it was. Uh, it's certainly cut from the DVD anyway. I assume it's cut from the network. Uh, and and Sc- Scott Steiner's Give Me a Fucking Mic is also cut. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I actually forgot it's got a bit, isn't it? Yeah, we've got that extra segment thrown in there, which I forgot. But so, yeah, we can go into that. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, interesting because, I'd say uh, Phil had done an October pay per view for Halloween Havoc, and we were recording next month in November. I thought it needs to be a Survivor Series. I thought, interesting Survivor Series. And yeah, 2002, first Elimination Chamber match. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, cool. we'll just save the bother because we know it's going to get ranked. Um, you know, it's the third best pay per view. It'll be the 35th best because it can't be as good as Halloween, I think. So, no. yeah, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> He's a very, you're a very bitter man, Alan, sometimes. A very I bitter I man. Think, I think there's, there's, there's a little bee in that bonnet, isn't there, Al? There is. There's a whole yeah. fucking hive in there. Yeah. Look, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I'll be, um, enjoy tonight's show, lad. Um, well, well, we'll find out. We'll find out in a, in a month's t- in month-ish time where that place is. But right. I suspect it'll be higher than uh, Halloween Havoc. Um, it should be. It should be. Because i got to say, that first chamber was pretty... But the whole the whole card's pretty decent. I um I don't think there's a math match on there off the top of my head. We do have a match with redacted in it, so that's gonna be a just one thing to navigate. Uh, oh, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, I, that's the tag team match, isn't it? I did forget yeah. about that for for a split second there. Um it's also a bit sad it doesn't really contain any survivor series matches. That was that was Anyway, we should. Yeah, we'll probably should stop discussing this Wait, now because uh, we've got a whole thing to discuss. Now, I'm just just trying to set up one thing that I'm going to insist upon, and you okay. are got yous are all going to go no. But anyway, that's how. Are we? <laughs> well, we don't want to go to your basement now. That's just, it's pure and simple. Right, we're cutting that bit. <laughs> Is there going to be anything left of this podcast? Yeah, you saying cut that bit? Are you leaving it in? As long as you cut the bit before it, then that's fine. Oh, no, because it's funny just leaving you in. I mean, going, all right, I'll cut it, don't worry. And just leave it in for the entire show. Just confirming to the GOC that Alan does not have a basement. I repeat, does not have a basement. Can I just say, I was not expecting you to be that close to the mic then, and it absolutely terrified me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Which which makes complete sense because it's Halloween. That's fine. But I really wasn't expecting that. Right. Originally, no basement at all. <laughs> Alan, originally, no basement in Melbourne. Originally, originally, I'm sorry. Sorry, go on now. Right, we're cutting that bit out, so I'll do a little <laughs> thing. I can't wait to say um, we'll do Survivor Series 2002 next uh, next time. But I've got Good. A, a little uh, a little provision for you there. Now there yeah. was a match originally on the card. Oh, I right, and it got bumped down to the pre-show. Uh, we mentioned the dark match, I think. Was it actually shown on something then, was it? it it's on It's on YouTube. I've just William Regal and Landstorm. Yep. Versus, I've forgotten now, Hurricane. Yeah. And... Goldust. Goldust, yeah. That's, that's Goldust. what you got. That's on the network. The, um, not the network. It's on YouTube. So we can watch it first because it, it was supposed to be part of the card. Um, mm. I'm sure we can all spare three minutes of our lives to watch it. No, I can't. Okay. I refuse to. Well, I'll 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 put the match to you. I'll watch it. Is this this also though? This is the thing that, that kind of going. 
Little Timmy was sad because the new bike sheds that were going to be built on the school uh, couldn't be built anymore. And he asked the teacher and said, what's happened? And he said, oh, Count Bischoff has decided to take all the steelwork for the new bike sheds (laughs) and create a demonic structure (laughs) designed only for injury and maiming. Oh, oh, we've got to put that at the start of the next show. Uh, Cut (laughs) cut it out of this one, and you've got to do that at the start of the next show. I I guarantee nothing. Kevin's got to say that. Perfect. We call Bishop (laughs) in his in his games again. Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. Tom Bishop. We're just inventing this whole thing now that yeah. Bishop steals from small children. Yeah, Count, Count Bishop. That's his, that's his title. Yeah, is that? Yeah, you're right. He's got his just stealing thing. things from children, not left, right, and centre. <laughs> the Castlevania remake with Trevor Belmont. Just going. I'm, I need to kill Count Bishop. Little, little Timmy's like, oh, why did my why did my parents have to be buried like in the ground with nothing around them? And just because Count Bishop needed a coffin for them to take his <laughs> next, next burial match. I think I think yeah I think I think we need to we need to do that at the at the start of the next one. Count Bishop just stealing things. That'd be amazing. Where's my paragon, Mister Bischoff? Well, Coco needed one. <laughs> oh, we could get a lot lot of marriage out of little Timmy. Right. Um, why am I, why am I just now imagining like Eric Bischoff being like Scrooge in the Christmas Carol? <laughs> Just stealing very specific things for wrestling gimmicks. Yeah. (laughs) Just really specific things. Where's my giant L-U-G-E and R gone? I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you reckon like those letters are still in the big WWF warehouse? No, it's just just WWE things and WWF (laughs) things in the warehouse, is it not? They don't keep all the stuff. (laughs) Do Do you reckon they collected all the WCW stuff and just burned it? Probably, yeah. You know, you know, Vince was probably just sat there, Kenny, going, you know, touched by Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> it like heated his office for like ten years, just burning all the yeah, WCW stuff. Yeah. That's all it is. Beautiful, it is. beautiful. Well, that's going to be an interesting show for us to wait to watch next time. Yeah, it's going to be good just setting up already with uh, me, Cam, Al, and little Timmy <laughs> taking yep. in the show. Yep, poor, poor little Timmy. Yeah, stuck in the basement. Yeah, never mind. Not Al's yep. basement, of course, because I haven't got a basement. Just to clarify. No, Al hasn't got... No, no, no. Al, no, no, no. Right. Alan has no basement. There is no basement in Al's house. What is his, it's his nickname. This is his nickname, isn't it? Al, no basements. That's his nickname. Hot sauce. <laughs> right, we'll cut that out as well. Hot sauce, Geordie Allen, no basements in Melbourne. You know what? If, if I knew how to edit, I would insist on editing this one myself. <laughs> Al the censor, Milburn. I'll just put the... (laughs) Just put the siren in now.